You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors regarding Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, The Mandalorian, Jedi Fallen Order, and all the other cool and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-hosts, Tim and Paul, with me. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's up, guys? Just... Uh, E3 just wrapped up. It might not be the same level as a Star Wars celebration, but nonetheless, we've got some cool Star Wars video games announcements to talk about. So, this you still mean last video games, Tim? You mean well, video we'll, games? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. No, we actually yeah. I do have quite a bit of gaming news to talk about. Not one, not two, but three Star Wars video games. Yes, um, called three. <laughs> yeah. So, Paul's not too thrilled about one of them. But we'll get to that. It's not that I'm too thrilled, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so this is going to kind of be like the Saga Continues uh, gaming special, if you will. Um, But uh, we also have a couple of things to talk about before we get into the gaming news. Um, So let's just jump right into that, starting with the announcement of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim next year in 2020. Uh, I mean, we knew the location and the dates, uh, or the year that was announced um, at this year's celebration, but they just recently uh, announced the uh, the actual dates for it. Um, so it's going to be August 27th through the 30th of 2020 at the Anaheim Convention Center, and the tickets go on sale Friday, June 21st, um, which, you know, I don't even know if we'll have this episode out by then, uh, hopefully, but... Um, yeah, that's right around the corner here. Um, so I, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. We were all kind of surprised that the tickets were going on sale already and, uh, a little like not quite ready for that. But, um, I don't know about you guys. I'm actually glad with, uh, the timing of it for next year, just because me personally, I've got some other stuff going on, uh, around like March, April, May next year. And so I was planning on going to celebration anyways, but I might've ended up having like a couple different trips back to back. Um, but August works perfectly for me. So I'm like, all right, let's go, let's do it. Um, and I will be there in, uh, Anaheim for, uh, celebration 2020. But, uh, I don't know what you guys think about, uh, the date announcement. Yeah. It was one of those things where I think we said this right when it was announced at the end of celebration Chicago, whereas, it's in Anaheim. Just let me know the dates and I'm there. I mean, it doesn't really matter when it's going to be. I'm going to be there. But 
I was a little surprised it was a little later than usual, but at the same time, like you, I'm okay with it. Um, and the only thing is, it's going to be pretty darn hot <laughs> in Southern California in the mid of August. But uh, I know that's not a big deal for you, Kyle, since you live in Arizona, which is much hotter over there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it going to be here, nice so. and cool for me. <laughs> that's true, but yeah, in the dead of summer, it's going to be it's going to be a hot one. But um, I don't. I guess that I'm glad that it is a little later. Part of the reason for that is it gives them a little more time, I guess, to, I don't know, announce things that are further down in the pipeline where if it was in April, they might not want to announce certain things because it's too soon. But now that's in August, maybe it'd be a little closer to their uh, planned release schedule where they can talk about certain things that uh, maybe we don't know about or some things we know about but don't know what exactly they are, <laughs> like the Benioff and Weiss project, certain things like that. So since it's a little later, maybe it'll lead to getting um, some more information maybe we wouldn't get earlier on in the year. So that's really cool. And um, as far as the tickets going on sale, that was the one thing that made me uh, pause a little bit going, man, for being so far away, I mean, it's over a year away, the tickets are going on sale. I mean, if you listen to this episode, you might already have your tickets. <laughs> They're going to be on sale. So um, makes planning a little, you know, worrisome a bit where, because, um, you know, tickets, the four-day pass and those, um, I forget the term, but it's like those special like, Jedi packages that gives you all those perks that go along with it. They'll sell out really quick. So might not be a lot of time for those to prepare because it was, they go on sale about, two weeks after the announcement was first made or no, actually just a week because that first announcement was about a week ago so this giving us a week to plan <laughs> as far as uh, getting your tickets right away so uh, that was a little surprising to me i think it would have been better off if they waited just a little bit for tickets to go on sale i mean they could have went on sale exactly a year before celebration 2020 they could have gone on sale this august but apparently they wanted done uh, sooner rather than later so that's the only thing that uh, gave me some pause a little bit but yeah i'm excited i mean we now officially know when, at the very least, the when we'll all be together again, experiencing some Star Wars goodness. You know, maybe certain things might come up before then where we get a chance to be together, which would be awesome. But we now know for sure, in August 2020, we'll all be together experiencing Star Wars like never before when it comes to <laughs> not only just celebration, but a certain theme park uh, attraction that's just opened recently, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, celebration is, uh, I have to say, an amazing time that I have. Uh, obviously, it's where I first met you in person, Tim. It's where I actually officially uh, met, um, or I never never talked to Kyle before until Celebration 2015. And even though Tim and I had talked a ton before Celebration 2015, it was that was just kind of like the. Uh, the final icing on the cake of our friendship, if yep. you will. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and for the record, I want I'm a, I want to make this very clear that uh, you know, whenever you meet someone online, it's always a little odd at first. You know, and it, 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 no, no matter what I what I've who I've met and from online, it's always a little weird at first because you're just like, oh yeah, that's what you look like in your man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it's always yeah. like it's always so funny to think. I think about that and like it's always like. Okay, I'm talking to Tim. This is kind of weird, you know. This is a, this is who Tim is right here, you know. And like, this is who like all the I, I met John Beerley and, and Justin Bolger and and a number of other people for the first time. And, and that's same. I had the same reaction. And I've been talking to John Beerley for like, you know, six seven years at that point. So, you know, it was. But it was. It's so funny because once that kind of initial like, oh, we met each other for the finally for the first time. 
like it just a regular like it just all kicks in the natural naturalness mm-hmm. if you will and, and it become it became awesome and and i consider tim and, and kyle very good friends of mine very 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 dear friends of mine and i love you guys to death obviously and so it's just it yeah it's so it's it's just a really special thing to go back to celebration anaheim where kind of, that was my first celebration and and for the record i want to say i reason i never went to celebrations before is because i didn't know anybody and when you add the fact that you know i had no like star wars I, there was a clone wars and i liked the clone wars a lot uh, eventually but i wasn't as into it and there just wasn't I always wanted to go to to a Star Wars convention. I, I didn't know it was called Celebration, or I kind of vaguely knew it was because I remember hearing about Indianapolis, but I didn't know much about it. And so, because I didn't know anyone who wanted to go or I could go with, besides Dave, who I go with every year now, or, or for the most part, every time it's in the U.S. Now we, we go together. Um, we never really felt compelled to to go, and you know, and, and it's finally. But it's funny because we we would loosely talk about it over the years, like we should go to that sometime. It'd be a lot of fun because we're you know huge Star Wars fans. And it wasn't until you know 2015 in Anaheim that kind of opened my eyes on how much fun it is. And I'm not a convention person by any means. I don't like conventions. That's not my thing. But the Star Wars celebration is so so specific, and I had such a great time the last time uh, back in Chicago. You know, and it just only makes sense. And and this celebration is going to be special because, obviously, uh, you guys are going to be there. I'm hopefully I'm I'm very like I'm 90% sure I'm going to go. So um, a bunch of my other friends are going to go. So I mean, like it's going to be a really cool like homecoming, kind of go coming full circle. And obviously with Galaxy's Edge opening, it's going to be a little more insane. But it's something that I think we all want to do at some point together. I'm sure everyone's gonna have the same idea at some point. So Galaxy's Edge is gonna be really brutal to be at, but but no, I think this is gonna be really exciting. Yeah, I wish, I do wish the tickets were on sale so fast. I wish they were a little bit more, uh, you know, a little waited a little bit longer because uh, things are expensive. And uh, I'm just thinking. Yeah. Maybe there are a lot of other people that are thinking like we are and thinking, hey, I wish this wasn't quite so soon and I'm not quite ready to buy the tickets yet. And so maybe they won't all sell out right off the bat. That would be nice if that happened. <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. I think I think the exact opposite. I think it's going to go even faster because I think people thought last time, oh, well, I don't I can't get my ticket now. I'll get it. uh I'll get it next year or whatever, you know, so or I'll get it in a few months. And then they sell out within a couple of weeks. I don't remember. I mean, I, I wasn't well, really I, paying attention because I wasn't trying to go to the last one. Yeah, I think th- I think they sold out within like I want to say a month, and so and, gosh, and I hope they, that doesn't happen. I and I, I honestly think it did. I think it was or it was really close. I, at least a four day passes, four day passes. Well, sold right. Out. Yeah, I think they had one day passes up until like weeks before. I mean, I was still getting emails saying like, "Hey, Star Wars Celebrations right around the corner," and we still have like Thursday and Sunday passes available. And and that's and to be honest, we talked about it before recording the show. I I considered even doing a one a couple just a couple day passes and that's it. But we'll see. I'm not I'm not convinced yet, one way or another. Um, you know, I I'm probably leaning on getting the four day pass, but I'm definitely considering because because we talked about it before. When do I want to do Galaxy's Edge? I don't know if I want to spend you know, a day at celebration if I'm going to spend all day at Disneyland. So, and then like you, we talked about too, I'm not sure I want to do it before and after celebration either. Cause it'll be insane with all other star Wars fans. So I'm trying to figure out the balance here. So the balance of the force, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, 
yeah, but either way, I'm excited because I know we're all going to see each other. And it'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah, definitely. And I mean, we I think we talked about this before, like when they first announced that it was going to be back in Anaheim uh, next year. Like, I think this is going to be an interesting one because it feels like it's going to be a little bit of an off year for Star Wars um, as far as content. I mean, there's no movie coming out next year um, and there's like after the rise of Skywalker, there's not going to be another movie coming out until uh, 2022. And so I think the most that we're going to get in terms of content is going to be, uh, you know, probably some stuff about the Cassian Andor series, probably the Mandalorian season two, um, Star Wars Resistance. Um, I don't know if they're maybe going to have another animated series in development by that point, because um, they'll be done with Clone Wars. Well, I would hope that Clone Wars has aired by then. Um, oh man! Yeah. <laughs> on, on the flip side, if Clone Wars hasn't been released yet, and we get to like watch an episode or even a story arc like at celebration with other Clone Wars fans, that would be awesome. But also, please don't make us Definitely wait that true. long. <laughs> um, and then I think, and you know, we we talked about this. Like, it sounds like there is going to be a new video game coming next year because we know that EA took the team that was working on. Uh, that open world Star Wars game and kind of repurpose them to work on a smaller project that they could get cranked out by the end of 2020. So we have no idea what that game is, but that'll probably be uh, announced at Celebration next year. Although it'll be weird because, no, I don't think it'll be announced at Celebration next year because it won't be till August. And so we will have already had E3. Um, so if anything, heck, we'll maybe get a new trailer or maybe even get like a hands-on demo or something like that. Um but uh, yeah, so uh, it'll be it'll be interesting because it seems like it's going to be kind of light on like the big reveals and the big panels and stuff like that. Um, so it'll be kind of fun. And uh, I mean, like you were saying, Paul, like, I mean, any celebration you go to, even if there is a panel for a new movie, like still one of the biggest reasons that you go to celebration and one of your biggest takeaways from it is the people that you meet and the friends that you get to hang out with. Um, and especially like for people like us, it's an awesome time to be able to reconnect with, uh, your star Wars friends from all over the country that you only get to talk to online or only see, you know, every once in a blue moon. Um, and so to be all together in the same place and just get to, to reconnect and hang out. I mean, that's the biggest reason that I'm going, um, if, even though it's in Anaheim, which is, you know, relatively close for me, like if I didn't know any of you guys and I was just, a Star Wars fan looking to go and like get some exclusive collectibles or get in on the big panels or something like I'm not even sure if I would go next year. Um, but the fact that we have so many friends and like just people that we talk to that are all on the West Coast and are like, oh, yes, it's back in Anaheim. Like, I'm definitely not going to miss out on the chance to just go and get to hang out with everybody again. No, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the first thing that popped into my head when they announced Anaheim. It's not oh, cool, what new movie announcements and trailers are going to get? It's like, no, oh, cool, I know it's in Anaheim. Kyle's going to be there, Paul's going to be there. All the friends we talk to online are going to be there. So, I mean, this interacting with other people who I follow on Twitter, even considering to going to Anaheim more so than uh, if it was at a different location. So just that's the main thing, is just getting to not only be with you guys, but hopefully interact with some other people and friends that we know online that we haven't gotten a chance to meet in person. So that's, you're absolutely right that that's going to be, without a doubt, the main draw and highlight of Celebration Anaheim, regardless of what content they may or may not show. Yeah. Um, 
well, hopefully we're all able to go. Hopefully we have an awesome time, and hopefully somebody saves us some tickets. Um, <laughs> and if you'd like to donate to our cause, go go ahead and freely give me PayPal money over at this account that I will put into the show notes of this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead and set up a uh, our own page on Patreon. We'll call it like patreon.com slash send Star Wars TSC to Anaheim. And I'm even, totally even joking, be by there. the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking for your money. I will greatly take it, but I'm not asking for it either. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not that desperate yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> I may get there. I, I hope I ha- I pride myself of, of having, having not to ask people for money. And I, and I pray I never do. I don't think I ever will. Tim, don't ever let me ask people for money. I'm asking you right now. You got it. <laughs> All right, All right. Okay. you heard it from me and him first. There you go. All right. Well, um, yeah, like you mentioned, Tim, um, and we, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but yes, Galaxy's Edge is now open. Um, so that's also something that I'm sure a lot of people will be wanting to do in Anaheim. Um which obviously, like, if we could all go to Galaxy's Edge together too, that would be awesome. I just don't know what the crowd situation is going to be like, because I'm sure every other Star Wars fan heading to Anaheim has that same idea. So um, we'll see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, just I mean, from a news standpoint, though, like, yeah, it's open now. Um, they had uh, the big like opening ceremony the night before they had the dedication ceremony with uh bob Iger and george lucas and uh mark hamill and harrison ford and billy d williams and so it was really cool to of course see all these star wars icons together Um, i wasn't expecting that to be honest i mean i imagined a few of the original cast members to be there but for you know pretty much all the big ones plus lucas yeah, that was pretty cool. And then hearing Han Solo, or Han Solo, Harrison Ford's short but really cool tribute to Peter Mayhew as they were turning on the Falcon was awesome. So just a really cool like short celebration to kick off the opening ceremony for it. It was really cool to watch. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, since it's opened, I follow a lot of, um, you know, Star Wars YouTubers and, and just people on Twitter and stuff who've been able to go. Um, and I've heard a lot of their impressions and watched some of their like recap videos and stuff. And it's just getting glowing positive reviews from everybody, um, from the, just the food and the atmosphere and the cast members to the Millennium Falcon ride and the experiences of like, um, building your own lightsaber and all that kind of stuff. Um, it seems like they have really delivered on this promise of, um, just building this immersive Star Wars land that makes you feel like you're part of a Star Wars story and part of the Star Wars universe. Um, and so I can I absolutely cannot wait to check this out. I think my the thing I was looking forward to the most going into it, like probably was, I guess probably was the Millennium Falcon ride. Um, but now that I've heard some reports and stuff from people that have gone, I'm really excited to build my own lightsaber. Like, mm-hmm. and it cost, it's like $200, which is a little more than it costs for like, you know, if you were to buy like an Anakin force effects lightsaber anyways, I think those are like 150. Um, and so, you know, you're, and you're basically getting like that quality of lightsaber, except you put it together yourself. And I've heard from a lot of people that like the $200, like it's worth it just for the experience of building it and they make it really like story focused. And if you picture like the scene from um, 
Clone Wars, where the Jedi younglings are with uh, Hugh Wang, who's like the droid that helps them build their lightsabers. And he's telling them all about the history of it and having them pick out the different parts and the crystals and everything. Um, that it really, I mean, it's not like copying that scene and you're not in there with Hugh Wang, although that would have been awesome. Yeah, um, I love that. <laughs> but it sounds like they really replicated that type of experience, and it's not like it's not like at the the Star Tours gift shop where you're just like digging through pin, through bins of like plastic parts <laughs> and just kind of slapping them together. Like they really um, kind of individualize it like to the individual person. Like everybody gets their own set of parts, and then you know you have choices of different ways that you want to put it together and stuff and then everybody like puts the crystals in and it you know makes a big moment out of it like when you all turn your lightsabers on for the first time so um i really can't wait to try that and that's something that like i'm going to save up for and easily be like shut up and take my 200 dollars when i get there um <laughs> but also yeah just like the the food and the cantina and all the other shops like i also definitely want to buy a jedi holocron and then you know you can get different crystals to put in there and hear different bits of lore and stuff from different characters um so this is something that I'm going to – this is going to drain my bank account whenever I do go because you can't walk away from that empty-handed and not get some cool stuff in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get in there and check it out um, and hopefully get to go with you guys uh, when we yeah. go there for celebration. But um, I, I heard the same thing, Kyle. I heard that the lightsaber thing was pretty amazing. Yeah. And I really – that's – it sucks because there's there's a couple things that I have to get there. The, that I think are, and it's going to be hard because there's obviously the Hondo uh, three pack that I want to get just because I love Hondo. And I'm like, uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to spend a lot of money on that. And then there's that golden, you know, first order trooper. I'm like, I want to get that one too. But there's like, but the big things I want to get are the force effects lights, build your own lightsaber. I feel that's like a really special thing. And, and I've heard the same thing that it's just a really incredible experience. So I really want to get that. Um, and the other thing is, this is going to be really stupid. I want to get the Kowakian, the Kowakian monkey lizard puppet thing. That I've they have seen there. that. Oh, that's not, gosh. that doesn't sound crazy to me. <laughs> that that would be dudes cool. like they look, they look incredible. Like they're expensive. They're like 65 bucks straight up. But you know what? It's worth it. Like I'd throw down on that. Seriously. And I got to get one. And because they even have one that looks like Hondo's, like his personal one. Mm-hmm. That was a red one. Or it's like a green. He's like almost green and white. He's not red. Is he red? Is he red? red. Hondo's is red. Yeah. Although yeah. he, I think he might have a couple different ones throughout the show. I think. Yeah, I think he does. Because the one, the one I like is the one is he's like very tropical color. I almost think call him like the Fruit Loops version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I can. I I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, he looks. I mean, they all look great. I'd buy them all if I could, to be honest. I mean, let's be real. And they got puffer pigs, which, by the way, it's really cool that like, even though like puffer pigs get a bad rap, like I love that they make them like. Shut up. <laughs> uh, but uh, can we? Did they serve no, puffer like, pig bacon at Galaxy's Edge though? No, that sounds like something. <laughs> yeah, that sounds but, like yeah, on the menu. But I'm I'm really excited because I'm I because that stuff that's. That to me is what like this lightsaber and the Quackley and Monkey Lizard puppet thing that you can get. They, they look incredible. That's what I want to get. And I'm, man, I, because I went to Disneyland a couple of years ago 
Um, well, yeah, Tim, we went last went. And uh, don't get me wrong, I spent some money, but I didn't spend as much money as I thought I was. Mm. Originally. Does that make any sense? Like, no, I bought, yeah. Like, I mean, I bought a few things. I bought the Tarkin, Black Series, mostly stuff I could have got anywhere. But I'm like, yeah, oh, I was going to say, the Star Trader, I mean, it has some cool stuff, but not something where you're might not find anywhere else too much. Uh-huh. They have a few exclusives, but nothing that'll like blow you away where you right, have to get right. this. So, but that's why I think with Galaxy's Edge, it's just going to be that times a thousand. So, I mean, yeah. I'll be spending a thousand dollars easy there. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, honestly, I may even consider selling stuff at this point just to like get money for for this thing just to gear up so maybe maybe that's what i'll do you want to buy some blu-rays hit me up (laughs) i would hit you up except i need to save my money too yes there you go well anyway yeah i there's so much stuff in this galaxy's edge thing i mean the rides are like whatever i'm not a big rides guy i just want to go for the atmosphere personally Mm -hmm. well i mean i am kind of a big rides guy too but that's also why like with the millennium falcon ride and i've i've actually heard kind of some mixed things on that like um i mean in general everybody seems to like it and think it was good but like maybe not everybody enjoyed it as much in terms of like that whole aspect of like everybody having their own different part to play and it being kind of interactive. Like I've heard some people say like they wish they could have just sat there and watched and enjoyed it. Um, But I feel like for me personally, especially like as a gamer and somebody that, you know, I love flying starfighters and battlefront and stuff. Like I want to be at the controls, like being the engineer maybe doesn't sound as fun, but if I could be either the pilot or the gunner, I'm going to have a blast in there. Yeah. Um, Let's let's call it or let's sell it right now. When we all th- get to go, Kyle, you'll be the pilot. I, I want to be the gunner, so I'll take that. And Paul, if you want the one where you can just sit back and enjoy it, <laughs> I guess yeah, that, that'll, be, that'll be me. That, that'll definitely be me. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that's 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 fine with me. That's fine with me. So I, I'm down with that. I can handle that. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> yeah, I kind of heard the same thing about mixed reactions for uh, Smuggler's Run, but. I don't know, as much as I was excited and I cannot wait to go to Galaxy's Edge, you would think maybe I'd want to see as much as I can right now from those who have gone, but I've had the opposite um, reaction to it, where it's I'm trying to see as little bit as possible on Galaxy's Edge from those who are going, because I just want my first experience there to be you know so special as I know it's going to be, and going as fresh as I can, of not knowing what to expect as I'm walking down any everywhere in that area of disneyland on black spire outpost so it's i cannot wait but at the same time too part of me is wanting to see it some of the stuff but that's why i'm trying to stay away from hearing all these like amazing reactions and people who have gone saying how awesome it is to you know make that wait a little better so it doesn't feel like i just have to go to experience it so i'm kind of hoping uh, i'll probably end up going at some point before celebration anaheim so i would like to go before this year is over hopefully that'll work out but I just know whatever I do, it's going to be such an amazing experience. And just know I'll feel the same way as all the other Star Wars fans who are just raving about it and just, you know, say it's everything they've hoped it was and everything it was built up to be. So it's going to be amazing. And I just can't wait ah, to just experience I see. all of it. I see. You can't wait till next August, I see. All I'm, right. I see I'm how sorry. It... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can't exactly blame you for not waiting for us when uh, it's basically in your backyard. So that's another thing, too. It's literally it's like 20 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. See, if, if I lived that close, I probably would have been there opening weekend. Let's be real. 
Yeah, I always said, and I've said too, where I think it'd be best to get the full experience for the first time. Where because I'm, I forget exactly when they say it's going to open, but when the Rises of Resistance ride opens is when I would like to go for the first time, just so I can experience everything as much as I can while I'm there. So yeah, I forget that's, when... that's true too. Because everybody that's like even you know posting these reactions and stuff now and talking about how amazing it is hasn't even gotten the full experience yet. Yeah, I'm just I'm sure it's going to you know make their expectations or just their enjoyment of it 10 times full when you get a whole nother attraction to go along with it. So yeah. I, but again, I forget exactly when that's supposed to open, but I think it's supposed to be before the year's over. So. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's supposed to be by the end of this year. Yeah. Um, that'll be good. In fact, you know what? Let me look that up real quick. I wonder and. This, that's another thing we were talking about too. Where it seems like the reservation system has been working pretty well because. Okay, uh, can you can you tell me, Tim, how does this reservation thing work, and how long will it be in place? I mean, I hate to put you on the spot, but I was just wondering, how does this thing even work? Well, it's when you get. Well, it's going to be over in the next couple of days, so it was. I think it was up till the end oh, of the really? week. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. No, I so, think it was. Yeah, I think it's till like June. Sometime in June or July is when the reservation system is over. Yeah. Um, and then, you can just, then after that, you just walk in whenever. Yeah. Yeah. It does it say. <laughs> yeah, it does say subject to capacity, which is good because like I want everybody to be able to experience it, but I also don't want to go in there and just be shoulder to shoulder with a mass of people. Yeah. But I imagine I get when Disneyland first opens for the day, whenever there's no more reservations everyone's going to be flocking to galaxy's edge and i'm sure the entryway is going to be jam-packed yeah oh and that's the other thing too is all the people that have been going so far they've only been able to go in like four hour blocks because that's how uh the reservation system works which from most accounts that i've heard seems like it's been a decent you know enough amount of time to be able to experience everything that's in there um yeah it sounds like you should be able to especially if it's you know the the crowd's controlled through the reservations, so you should be able to experience most of everything that you probably want to within that time if it's not super crowded because of those reservations. So it seems to be working out pretty good because I haven't, again, I'm not looking too much at Galaxy's Edge stuff, but from the stuff I've seen on Twitter, for those who have gone, haven't you know complained any, anything really about crowds being too much or waiting being too long. So it seems like the reservation system has worked. Yeah, definitely. Which makes me think if, you know, once they do away with it, and it's just, you know, first come, first serve, whoever goes in there. If it proves to be way too crowded and just the response to it is just way, you know, overwhelming, where maybe they'll go back to the reservation system for a bit. I would be completely okay with that. I'll yeah, just go cause... ahead and put in my reservation for, you know, a year from now. Well, yeah, for yeah. E either for celebration or, like I said, I was even thinking about going for my birthday the following year, which is in January. Um, like if we're not able to go for celebration or maybe just do both too. Um, but yeah. And I've said that from the beginning, like I would rather have to wait longer and, you know, deal with a reservation system or whatever ahead of time and then get there and have a smoother experience than yeah, try to fight beautiful. through crowds and stuff. Yeah. It'll be so much more worth it <laughs> and enjoyable. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, I was, searching for stuff while we were talking and i don't see an exact opening date for rise of the resistance except for just later in 2019 um so i don't know i if guess as long been... as it still says 2019 that's a good thing yeah 
And I mean, yeah, again, I wouldn't imagine it would take much longer than that. If anything, it should definitely be open by the time we get there for celebration next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so that's Galaxy's Edge. That's, you know, definitely something to look forward to either for celebration next year or, you know, if any of you guys are trying to go check it out uh, as soon as possible or sometime in between now and then, like definitely uh, be sure to let us know your impressions of it. Um, well, maybe don't tell Tim because he doesn't want to know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad to hear that it's been as successful as it is and uh, just hear so many positive things about it and can't wait to go check it out. Um, but anyway, let's get to uh, the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about for this episode, which is video games. Um, and again, we have not one, not two, but three Star Wars games in, uh, well, not necessarily in development. We have two in development upcoming, and then we still have Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, which I'm really glad to see that uh, this game is still going strong the way it is, and especially the way it's recovered after, um, you know, the way it first launched. Like, I think when... Uh, just seeing the initial reaction to to Battlefront 2 and just the controversy with the loot boxes and all that kind of stuff, um, I would have been very surprised if you had told me now almost two years later that the game would still be getting support and we'd still be getting new content and that it seemed to have uh, a pretty promising future. So I don't know how much longer they'll continue to support it and how much longer we can expect new stuff, but um, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about Um for that so you know what? why do, while we're on the subject let's just dive into that um and then we'll get to the the new games um well the new one that was announced and then obviously we know about fallen order but there's a lot of new stuff about that um but we got a new community transmission from uh for, for star wars battlefront 2 that i think was released like the day before ea play started um, so they didn't actually have, like, a presence at the show this year. You know, last year they were part of the EA Play presentation, and that's when they came out on stage and said, you know, made the announcement that we were going into the Clone Wars for the first time. And that was when we found out that we were getting Obi-Wan and Anakin and uh, Geonosis and all that good stuff. Um, but this community transmission is titled, Where Are Those Droidicas? Um, <laughs> and for those of you who followed Battlefront 2 for a while... Um, and honestly, like if, if for those of you that don't care about video games, we won't be offended if you tune out at this point, because that's all we're going to be talking about for the rest of the episode. But um, for those of you that are big gamers and, you know, if you've been playing Battlefront for a while, you might have heard of uh, kind of the controversy surrounding Droidicas, because um, a, sometime last year they put out a community transmission that had a screenshot um of some clone troopers with some, you know, it was when they were starting to put out like the new clone armor appearances. And in the background of this screenshot, there was like some wreckage of a droidica. Um, and the, like, you can barely notice it, but people like dissected it and zoomed in on it and were like, Oh, that's a droidica in the background. And they, uh, EA initially was like, no, that's like some crash speeder wreckage. And people kept analyzing it and they were like, no, that's definitely a droidica. And they found out that it actually was, but it was like an unused asset that they had like basically accidentally left in the background that was never intended to be in there. And it was not, uh, a hint of a droidica coming that, uh, people took it to be 
Um, and so there was this big uproar about it and people got all mad. I didn't care because I was like, yeah, it would be nice if they added them eventually. But, geez, you're going to hold, you know, this tiny little thing in the background against them and be like, oh, they got our hopes up. Like, no, you got your hopes up. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it is cool that Droidicas are at long last coming to the game. I am not looking forward to fighting them as the clones because it sounds like they're going to be kind of overpowered. But we'll see how that goes. Um, but it does sound like they're going to be a heck of a lot of fun to play as. And, uh, you know, it'll be the whole nine yards. They've got the rolling and the transforming and the shields and all that stuff that you'd expect Droidicas to be able to do. Um, and they posted a, a GIF in here um, just of the Droidica, like, rolling and deploying out. And it looks awesome. Um, and then to go along with that, the Republic is not getting a new reinforcement class like the Droidica, but they are getting a new vehicle and it's the uh, the Republic TX-130 Sabre Tank, which is not... I don't think we've seen in canon up to this point. It hasn't been, like, in the movies or the Clone Wars or anything, but this is the tank that you used to be able to drive around in the original Battlefront games, and it was always one of my favorite vehicles in those games. Um, so I'm really looking forward to being able to play with this thing again. That's always been really fun. Yeah, um, that took me back. <laughs> I, got, like, I totally forgot about that vehicle, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was really fun. And... Did you play the Clone Wars game that came out like around 2002 for the GameCube and Xbox and PS2? No, I never played that game, but I know it was made by the same studio that made... I think it was made by Pandemic Studios, who then made Battlefront. Um, and I think that game was the first uh, the first appearance of these tanks. Yeah, because that's what I was going with, because that was a heavy vehicle-based game. Even though you were able to play some as a Jedi, just as themselves out of the vehicles but the crux of that game was controlling these different vehicles and one of them was that tank and that was a fun game too but um i'm sure it's gonna be even more so to more more fun i should say driving this tank in a battlefront in these big massive battles so it's definitely cool that they're adding it yeah and it's uh it's gonna be nice because now the republic will have a v like a ground vehicle that can kind of counter like this uh separatist aat tank um so hopefully, at least on the bigger maps, I mean, this will kind of offset uh, the Separatists having Droidicas rolling around and just mowing people down. Um, on the smaller maps where you're, like, closed in hallways and stuff and don't have uh, vehicles, um, again, I'm a little worried about the Droidicas just slaughtering everybody. But they did say that a good way to take them out is with ion weapons, so I'll probably just use those a lot more than I currently do. And those who are playing as the hero characters <laughs> know who you should target when you're placing off of Jordan cars in the match. You should go directly for them to take them out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it a lot easier. They did say you'll be able to still damage the Droidicas through their shields with a lightsaber, but they won't be like if you force push them, for instance, like they'll take damage and it'll kind of stagger them, but they won't go flying like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um so they're definitely be definitely going to be tough to deal with, but it'll be fun to see them in there, and I think uh, you know they'll be fun to play as for sure. And if Clone Wars has taught us anything, there's a lot of cool ways you could take out Droidicas. <laughs> That's true. Lightsabers, grenades, thermal detonators. Oh, yeah, so. grenades. I'm never going to get this backflip on this grenade. Here, just do it like this. Oh my gosh, that's. It's working. Thank you, Lux. Whatever, whatever <laughs> your name is. Uh, this, uh, yeah, uh, I, I actually like those episodes, but that that was a little, little, little heavy-handed. Must not getting it. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Lux. So, so great. So great. 
So you're totally right because I watched those episodes recently, and that was like, eh, okay. It's not the yeah, it's not it's not it's not Clone Wars at its finest. I, yeah. I still like the episodes because I love Onderon. Yeah, Onderon. the battle for Onderon is awesome. Oh, for sure. Um, and gosh, you know what? Having having part. Droidicas in here is gonna make me wish that we could like play as Rex and just like slide up behind one and just roll a droid popper mm. under its shield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I, I have to say, I, I played Battlefront 2 on the rig, and I, I love all the things they've done. They, I think they've really salvaged the game, you know? Oh, yeah. I, I think, I mean, there's, people are playing it like crazy, I think. And it's ironic that they finally listen to the fans, and when they, when they finally listen to the fans, like, people actually play it. They're not just saying that they want this, and they're not going to play it. Like, the Clone Wars has single-handedly saved Battlefront 2, and probably a lot of people's <laughs> jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, no, granted, like, I love the new heroes and villains. I've actually played that all the time now. Having a blast playing that. I actually haven't played the new, uh, uh, the new Camino mode, uh, for, uh, on the Capital, oh, Supremacy. The Capital Supremacy. Dude, that one yeah. is so much fun. I want to, but like I said, it's really hard with my internet connection. It doesn't like, I could do big maps, but it just kind of gets a little janky at times. Oh yeah. And I'm not, I'm not super into that, but like I said, I, I still play extraction like crazy. I keep begging people for extraction maps and probably never, never going to get them. But to be <laughs> honest, I, I'm really happy with what we're getting. I'm eventually, you know, probably when we, uh, when we all three of us can get on, we'll, we'll go on a capital supremacy map and I'll try to get on, uh, try to get on that with you guys at some point but but yeah i think it's been great and it sounds like we're gonna get more content we're getting felucia obviously we're gonna get a bunch of you know i mean we're getting there's lots of cool stuff so i'm really happy with what we're getting to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah so the um in this community transmission it's kind of broken up into like three segments um so they talk like a lot of it obviously in the stuff they go into the most detail on is the stuff that's coming uh, at the end of this month, I think the update comes out June 26th. So we get the Droidicas, we get the Republic tanks. We're also getting uh, the General Skywalker skin. So Anakin will have his Clone Wars appearance to go along with Obi Wan's, um, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's already really fun. Like when you're playing, like I play as Anakin a lot as heroes and villains, um, and any time that like whether it's somebody that I know that I'm playing with or whether it's just like a random person that'll come up beside me as Obi Wan and we you know kind of stick together and go you know fighting the villains together it's just so cool like even if you're even though you're anakin and obi-wan and you're fighting against you know kylo ren and boba fett it's still kind of like just hearing the banter back and forth between the two of them like it feels like the good old days of clone wars of anakin and obi-wan like on the battlefield together um so seeing them both in their clone wars appearances is just going to be um really cool for that we're also getting a couple of clone trooper appear like a couple more clone trooper appearances that i was not expecting to get but was really hoping for and i'm actually really glad they're adding these and they're the um so we already have the 212th battalion in the game which is obi-wan's guys and then the 41st legion which is the um the green troopers that are under commander gree and they're on kashik with yoda in episode three um, but we just have like the default appearances where it's like the white clone armor with like either the orange stripes or the green stripes. Um, and obviously in the Clone Wars on Geonosis, you see uh, like in Landing on Point Rain, um, the 212th, they're in like their special like desert camo gear. And they've got those ARF trooper helmets, which kind of look like scout trooper helmets, but they're like pointed in the back. Um, 
And I think they look a little bit different in the front, too. But you can tell that it's, like, a precursor to the Scout Trooper. But then, like I said, they've got, like, their whole armor is um, kind of, like, dark brown. And it's, like, desert camo. Um, so we're getting that appearance. And then we're also getting the uh, the Scout Trooper. I think they're calling this, like, the Recon Division. Or it's the 41st Scout Battalion and the 212th Recon Division. So we're getting the... Um, that 212th Battalion from Geonosis and then the 41st Battalion from uh, basically the way they look in Revenge of the Sith, where they've got like the green camo armor and again, those helmets that look a lot like the Scout Trooper helmets from the Empire. Um, and I always thought, I'm like, man, if I'm going to be playing, you know, with these this green camo on Kashyyyk, like I want those Scout Trooper helmets too. And so we're finally getting that. Um, and so that's everything we're getting on the 26th of this month. Um, and then they said, uh, looking a little further ahead, um, one thing that people have been requesting a lot is new ways to play offline for people that aren't as much into like the online play. Um, and so uh, they said, I think um, later in the summer, like in August, they're gonna be giving more details about like a new PVE mode that they're working on. Um, which is, you know, playing against the AI and stuff like that. And I think that's going to also involve implementing some of the things that they've done in Capital Supremacy. So um, I'm guessing we'll probably get some new offline mode that you can play against the AI and stuff that'll involve capturing command posts. Um, and maybe won't be entirely like Capital Supremacy. I think it would just be really cool if they did something where it was just like the original Battlefront games where they maybe take out the phase from capital supremacy where you go up and disable the capital ships and just leave it to where like you're running around on the map and trying to take over command posts just like classic battlefront um i think that would be a really fun thing to like play you know if you just say you feel like playing battlefront but you've only got time to play for like an hour or something or you just feel like playing a little more casual and you don't want to get your butt kicked by people online that you know have a level 100 trooper or something like that um I think that sounds like a really fun idea to just be able to kick back offline either by yourself or I don't know if you'd be able to do like online co-op just with a friend or like, you know, you could have a friend over and play on the same console and be able to just play some old school, like, let's go capture some command posts. Um, so I'm hoping that's what we'll be getting for that. Um, and then, yeah, they did say um, that later... Really fast, kind of what you're talking about, really, uh, really quick, Kyle. Oh yeah, go ahead. Up. So you talked about how like they're 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 developing some kind of new mode, online mode, correct? You said no, um, I said offline. Your, offline. So when I hear offline mode, the one thing that I wish that we could do online with our friends, and remember years ago, Tim and I, you and Tim, or me and Tim, I can't talk. Uh, Tim, you remember me, us talking, me asking you years ago, and maybe I asked you too, Kyle, if we were online together. I'm not sure if I, if I knew you very well at this point, but I asked you, is it going to be like, are there going to be modes where you can just play like one army against your friend's army and just go up against each other mm -hmm. and just, you know, and just, just like old school battlefront yeah. where it's two people you get into, a, so you set up a private match. And you just go old school command centers and you just like are just fighting to the death and just trying to, you know, take over each other's stuff. And it's just two friends who are, you know, going, they have two armies against each other and they're just going at it. That's what I want is those old school days of just it, back then it was split screen for the most part. And then you had those, those land parties, you know, bringing out old lingo. Oh, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, but like I said, you could have 
it was all these people against each other and how much fun that would be. So um, that's what I'm kind of thinking like what we could, that'd be fun for them to do is have two friends, like kind of like we have in the offline mode that you're kind of discussing, but have a private match where you just, you and your friend and then like two people and you just go up against each other and you just see who can like kind of strategically, you know, take out their, uh, take over their command post and have the AI do the rest since the AI is already kind of doing that already with the, uh, um, uh, Oh my God, uh, capital supremacy. You probably could do that now. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, well, yeah, exactly. Time. And they've already, cause right now, you know, you just have arcade mode, which is like, you know, that's the offline mode where you can go in and play against AI, but they're on like really small maps. There's no objectives or anything. And it, it used to not really be that fun because the AI really was not that smart. Like, it was not a challenge at all. Um, when they released some of the new heroes, like, I would play a couple arcade rounds, like, with Obi-Wan or with Anakin just to kind of get a feel for the heroes. And it was fun to just run around and cut down battle droids with, like, no challenge, really. Um, but as far as, like, playing with friends, like, if you do that, because you can do that one-on-one with a friend. You can't do it online, but you can do it on the same console. Um, and again, there's, there's really not much of a challenge to it. It feels like you and your friend are the only ones doing anything. Um, but with the, cause then they, they added the AI units obviously in capital supremacy. So you're fighting against online players, but there's also a few AI players in there and they really upgraded the, the intelligence of the AI. Like they actually use abilities now and they sprint and roll and all that kind of stuff. And they'll take command posts and play the objective. Um, and then they took that, that AI upgrade that they did in Capital Supremacy and applied it to the existing arcade mode. So now when you play arcade, it's still the same thing. You're still just playing on small scale maps and it's just, you know, it's like first to deplete the enemy team's, uh, forces. Um, there's not really any strategy or objective to it, but the AI plays smarter now. And so I think, again, I think they're just going to keep building on that. And they keep kind of hinting at the fact that like, okay, we built capital supremacy and now we want to do something kind of similar to that for the people that want to play offline. So that's why, I mean, they haven't announced any details on it yet. And they said they're not really going to announce anything until, um, I think July or August, um, or I think it is, it's August. They said in July, uh, we'll feature a month of weekly community quests themed around your favorite Clone Wars heroes and villains that unlock new animated poses and voiceover lines for these characters. So that's all that's really going to be going on in July. And then they said they'll be back in August with details about the new offline mode. Um, so we don't, don't really know anything concrete about it right now, but just from like rumors and speculation and stuff that I've been hearing and kind of hints that they've dropped it, I, I would heavily bet on it involving taking command posts somehow, um, or at least some kind of mode where there's a little bit more objective and strategy to it. Maybe we'll get some bigger maps that you can play on, um, so that people that want to play offline either you know with your friends like if you want to have a friend over and you know you don't have both have xboxes that you can play together online but you want to just sit and play split screen on the same console that you'll be able to have something more fun to do or for people that want to just play by themselves against the ai that you'll have something uh more fun to do for yourself um so i mean that that would just be my guess but again like we were just talking about i think a mode that just kind of harkens back to that classic battlefront where you're just running around and taking command posts. Um, I think would be really fun. So I'm hoping that's what it is. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> just as you were talking about that and you were mentioning that Paul took me back to some really fun matches. 
I would have playing with my brother on Battlefront 2. We'd always go to Utapau. I'd be the Republic with Obi-Wan. He'd pick the Separatists and the General Grievous. And those matches we'd have were Grievous versus Obi-Wan, where our troops battled it out in the background was always so much fun to have. So that would be great if kind of something similar made a comeback like that for online play. Because you're right. Just that simple thing of... Because even you and me, a few times, Paul, just played where you and me were just by ourselves seeing who would kill each other, who got the most kills. <laughs> and I think it around a blast. That was fun. Like that. It was yeah, fun. We, yeah, we didn't we did it a couple times, but because we did it towards the tail end of the lifespan of, of Battlefront 1, but we did. We had a, we had a good time. Imagine having some AI troops. Exactly, that yeah. You could, you know, you, you they got in your way that you commanded, like, you know, that you kind of, you know, whatever, trying to you know, keep your command post while trying to get the other person's or trying to defend yours. And then, you know, as you, you know, whatever, like, just like the old one, if you could get out and you could, you know, create more spawn points, you can then, you know, overtake it if you could somehow, you know, whatever. So I, I, I like that idea a lot. So I, I hope they do something like that. They're probably not listening to us, but it's just in case they are, that'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, like well, I said, I have a feeling they m may already be working on something like that, and they know that it's something that a lot of people want. I mean, with all the stuff they keep adding that we didn't think they would be by this point, <laughs> almost two years since the game's launched, you can't count it out. It might show up. Maybe it might be the last, but it might show up eventually. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it won't be the last because then they also confirmed that later this year we're getting a new multiplayer map, and it's going to be set on Felucia, um, and we've got a just a concept art image to go along with it showing some clone troopers on Felucia and um I mean Felucia's always been one of those planets that's just like a really cool visual landscape and so um I think that's gonna be really fun to play on I'm I'm really interested to see how they build it out because they made the point that like for all the maps that we have in Capital Supremacy right now they're all um Basically, they were all maps that were built for Galactic Assault that they then kind of retooled for Capital Supremacy. I guess with the exception of Geonosis, because the Geonosis Capital Supremacy map is completely different from the Geonosis um, uh, Galactic Assault map. Um, and that was the first one we got. But then, you know, Kamino and Naboo and Kashyyyk, they just took the... Uh, oh, that's, and that's the other thing that we're getting in the June 26th update is the Naboo Capital Supremacy map as well. I forgot we hadn't gotten that one yet. Um, but all of those maps, they just took the Walker Assault map and then kind of retooled it and closed off some areas and made some changes to it. Obviously put the command posts in there and made it work for Capital Supremacy. But Felucia is going to be the first uh, planet where they build out the map with Capital Supremacy in mind first. Um, and then I don't know if they'll eventually add other modes to it, but they've said that for now they're just focusing on Capital Supremacy on there. So... Um, it should be interesting to see how that one plays out. I'm really hoping that we get a nighttime variant of that map because I already have that on some of the other maps, like on, uh, I know like on Tatooine and on Feed, um, and some of the others like Endor, um, you know, whenever you play the map, it'll just kind of randomly change between the, the time of day. Sometimes you play and it's daytime. Sometimes it's like overcast or it's dusk or, you know, evening. And then other times it's like you know middle of the night um and if you remember in the clone wars tv series on uh oh gosh the episode i think was padawan lost from the end of season three um when uh anakin and ahsoka and plo koon are like fighting on felucia and that's when ahsoka gets captured by the trandoshans 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the visuals of Felucia at nighttime, it's got like those bioluminescent plants from like Avatar where, you know, it's just this weird alien jungle that's just lit up beautiful colors at nighttime. I'm like, man, I need to be able to play on that if we're doing Felucia. Like that would be a huge miss opportunity to not have that in there. Man, I cannot wait to see this level in motion. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and just say this might be the most beautiful looking map in Star Wars Battlefront 2 once it comes out. That's saying something because there's a lot of beautiful maps in Battlefront 2. But this one, just with how the environment looks, just how exotic the planet of Felucia is, man, I just cannot wait to see it look as amazing as I know it's going to be in Battlefront 2. So it's going to be fun just to look at, but I do hope that eventually other modes get on there um, besides just Capital Supremacy because I think that map just has so much to offer. And if I could just wish for one other thing, if they could take another cue from the original Battlefront 2, let's put some accolades in there mm-hmm. <laughs> that just come out so you could fight because those were awesome when those popped out as you were just roaming around the Felucia jungles in Battlefront 2 for the original Xbox and PlayStation 2. I just love seeing those accolades come out. So if we can get a little bit, even if you don't necessarily fight it. Maybe to see him in the background or something would be cool to see, just to give that little throwback. But man, it's going to be amazing. I just cannot wait to see it in action. And um, unfortunately, I know I don't play as much as you guys, but usually whenever they put out a new map for a new planet is when I get on. So <laughs> probably once Felucia comes out, hopefully maybe before then, but for sure, definitely once Felucia hits, I'll be on there just to bask in the beauty of what that environment of Felucia is going to be. I cannot wait to see how it looks. Maybe I'll get my extraction map on Felucia. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Out of all I'm, I'm the maps. Just kidding. Yeah. But I I never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Um and you know, it's one of those things where like obviously they can't please everybody, right? Like there's people like Paul that love extraction and want to see more maps for that. There's people like me that love playing Starfighter Assault and I'm still waiting to get my Battle of Coruscant space map and my Anakin uh, Jedi Starfighter hero ship. Um, But it seems like at least for right now, their main focus is on capital supremacy. You know, that was the big new game mode that they spent so much time developing and it seems to have been pretty successful and people seem to like it. So they want to keep adding new maps for that. Um, And that's kind of like the, the main thing they're leaning on right now. And then also doing stuff for the people that want to play offline. Um, so hopefully it keeps being successful again like i said i don't know how long they're gonna keep developing new content for this um but it seems like you know if we're lucky maybe at least until the end of the year um but you would think like if it's still going by the end of the year then we'll probably get some episode nine content um yeah i wonder if they will do that i know the one other thing like as far as clone wars stuff that a lot of people still want to see is uh ahsoka and ventress added as heroes and they haven't said anything about that yet but i mean so far every time we've gotten a new planet we've gotten new heroes to go along with it um so maybe you know that's something that could go along with felucia continuing on with the clone wars theme so um yeah like i said i mean honestly at this point like i'm satisfied with the amount of content that we've gotten um i think when the game uh you know at launch like when things were kind of falling apart and it was seeming like you know it was not going to do that well you know if you had told me that hey they were going to fix everything that was wrong with it and turn it back into you know a, a great game that it should have been from the outset and then we'd eventually get 
you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin and Grievous and Dooku and Geonosis and this new map that went back to having, or this, this new game mode that went back to having uh, command posts and stuff like the old school Battlefront. I would have been pretty happy with that. Um, and so now to be getting even more Clone Wars maps and more units and vehicles and uh, all this kind of stuff is just, you know, I'll take whatever I can get at this point. But I hope that people keep playing it and it continues to keep being successful and uh, we'll see how far it goes. Yeah, pretty much anything we get now is a bonus. <laughs> it's like we don't have to have this stuff, but we'll gladly take it. And it's awesome that they're still providing new content for it, content yeah. for the game. So, yeah. Yeah, especially anything past Felucia. Like if if yeah. we get another new planet after that or another new game mode or more new heroes or anything like that, um, that's just going to be, you know, like you said, I'll take whatever we can get at that point. Um, but, uh, let's move on from Battlefront and talk about the new games that are not out yet. Um, and you know, I think we'll talk about the surprise one first, cause this is the one that we'll probably spend the, the lesser amount of time talking about. Um, but obviously we went into EA play and E3 with high expectations for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and expecting to hear a lot of new stuff about that. And then they surprised us with the reveal of Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, um, which is going to be a uh, a completely new Lego game. It's not just going to be like... Because there, you know, there was Lego Star Wars, which was the prequel trilogy, and then Lego Star Wars 2 was the original trilogy. And then there was Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga, which is basically just both of those two smashed into one game with like a few more characters and a few bonus levels and stuff like that added on. Um, which back in the day I was fine with. Like the complete saga, yeah. <laughs> I loved that game. Even though I had played all the way through both of the previous games, like I think I, <laughs> I might have even completed Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. I think I might have gotten 100% on that of like all the collectibles and everything. If not, I got pretty dang close. Um but this game is not going to be that. It's not going to be just a sort of a collection of all the Lego Star Wars games that have come before. It's going to be a completely new game built from the ground up using new technology and everything. Um, and going to tell the story of all nine Star Wars films in the Skywalker saga um, in Lego form, um, which is going to be really cool. And I was not expecting to get this at all. Um, the last Lego Star Wars game we got was The Force Awakens, and then we didn't hear anything about, you know, there was no Lego game for The Last Jedi, and so far we hadn't heard anything about one for Episode Nine. so I thought maybe they were just kind of done with it. Um, but now that I know this is coming out, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I know two out of the three of us are, and uh, <laughs> man, Lego Star Wars just takes me back to, I guess I can't really say my childhood, because it came out, I mean, the first one came out the same year as Revenge of the Sith, and I was like 14 um but my sister and i had a lot of fun playing those together back in the day i even i talked to her after they announced this and i said this better have online co-op because i'm gonna get it regardless but if i just have to play through it myself i'll probably just play all the way through all the stories and then go back to playing battlefront um but you know if the two of us can play together through uh the online co-op on xbox live or heck i can even play with you tim too yeah um, <laughs> definitely you know, those games are so much more fun to play with friends and somebody that you can just... I mean, for one thing, there's a lot of fun co-op play in there, but also just having somebody that loves Star Wars as much as you do that you can laugh together about all the little jokes and references and the humorous ways that they play out the stories and the cutscenes and stuff. Um, 
those games are just really great to play with friends or with family or especially like if you have kids i'm sure they're great to play with kids too um so uh yeah i'm looking forward to this i can't wait to see what they do with it yeah this was definitely a nice surprise to get at e3 and for the longest time i've been wanting a video game series or just a video game that covered the entire skywalker saga and this was like dating back then with just episodes one through six <laughs> so um this is the the Lego Star Wars, the complete saga back then was the closest I got. And now they're continuing that tradition with doing all of the Skywalker saga with episodes one through nine. And like you said, I was surprised to learn that it is a pretty much a brand new game built from the ground up. And it's not going to just be a rehash of the previous games we got. And even the gameplay mechanics are going to be different. Some of the previews and hands-on demos I've read saying how it is a completely different Lego game. Even the camera perspective is different where it's not... Um, so zoomed out they said it's more um from you're more behind the actual character that you are it's zoomed in mm-hmm. um yeah more it's so gonna than play almost like a almost like a lego third person action game yeah and there's adding more uh abilities or i guess combo moves where it's not just one button that you always mash there's like a light attack a heavy attack and it's gonna be a force power button so just all the little stuff has me excited about it too and then just seeing the trailer the graphics on it look really really good i mean you might think like how much better can a Lego game get over the years, but this is as good as it gets. And if you do some comparison videos from even Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens and definitely the earlier games, you'll see a big jump as far as how good the graphics are. So it looks really good. Uh, the gameplay mechanics sound great. The fact that it's covering all nine movies is really cool. And I, yeah, I just can't wait to get my hands on it and play it. I haven't played a Lego game since probably I think. Lego Star Wars 3 The Clone Wars back in 2011. Oh, really? Yeah, because I didn't, never got a chance to play The Force Awakens. I played the demo, but never got the game. So, But this kind of reinvigorated my excitement for Lego games because I know there's a ton of them, and I totally understand if anyone's burnt out on them because I got burnt out a little bit. But this is going to get me back into it. I think it looks really, really cool. and The fact that it's encompassing the entire saga is going to be really fun. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And it's coming out in 2020 not this year so i guess they had to have enough time to get that episode nine content in there because i read one of the previews where the developers um i mean you could be exaggerating here but it might be true where they're holding off or they haven't started on episode nine content yet because they're kind of out of the loop still as far Mm -hmm. as the story and now the movie's going to play out so that's probably a big factor to why it's not coming out until 2020 but regardless, I'll be there to get it when it comes out. So, yeah, definitely a really cool surprise to get at this year's E3 that I wasn't expecting. But yeah, I know my excitement pales in comparison to how excited Paul is for the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are, we, uh, are we talking about? <laughs> you know, you can oh, wake up <laughs> Lego game. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I lost interest about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe this Maybe this be the one that can convert you into a Lego fan or yeah, Lego yeah. video game fan. And I don't mean to be that deprecating to Lego and and everyone who loves the Lego games. I understand they have a, they have a very very passionate following. People love them, and for good reason. They're 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 fun little games, and and you know that's cool and all. But for some reason, I just cannot get behind Lego games. I've tried the Marvel superheroes game. They look they're cute. They're adorable. I just can't get behind them. Just don't care. Don't care about the Freemaker adventures. Don't care about the 
the games of you know and all that stuff i watched a little bit of the uh lego uh prequel or um the the what was it the uh the, the ones where 3po is telling like what the saga yeah the saga I, forget, I, watched, I, I forgot what they're called too but either way they were fun they were fine they weren't nothing like special they're like i thought they were kind of cute at first and i lost interest pretty fast you know so it's it's whatever like i i i'm just i'm not gonna play it i have no interest in playing it i i know people are freaking out about it online and people are i saw people saying they were more excited about skywalker uh, saga lego game more than the, the you know fallen order and i'm like Man. I don't want to go that far, but <laughs> yeah. Even as someone who yeah. grew up as a fan of the Lego Star Wars games, I would not go that far at all. Well, so uh, since we're since we're uh, done talking about Legos, can we move on to Fallen Order? Something that's actually interesting. Well, <laughs> something that's interesting for you. Um, no, I was just gonna share a couple more thoughts on the Lego game, though. Um, what is what? What's, what is there more to say about this game? Let let the people that still have an inner child in their hearts uh, keep talking. Um, <laughs> what are those? I don't know what an inner child is. I'm older, um, bitter. I'm bitter, Kyle. I can't help. I I know. Man. I can tell. Um, <laughs> no, and Not you know, wrong. I I was just gonna say, Tim, because you said you hadn't played, uh, you didn't play Lego Force Awakens, right? Mm, yeah, just a demo. Yeah, so I played that one, and I will say the only thing that I'm a little hesitant about because like lego force awakens was awesome i liked playing that one but i played all the way through the story and then played like a little bit more after obviously with the lego games like you play through the story campaign but then like half the fun of the game is going back and unlocking everything and you know you go back and replay it with all the different characters (laughs) and there's just tons of stuff to do that you can't do through the first time um but i feel like because, you know, you had, like, the first few LEGO Star Wars games, and then they expanded with, like, LEGO Indiana Jones and LEGO Batman, and they were all kind of, like, the same formula. And then I feel like as they've tried to, like, expand it more and more, they keep adding more and more stuff to it. And they add, uh, you know, now they've all got, like, open-world hubs and all these different kinds of, like, mini-games and stuff to do. And it almost feels like a little too much for me. Um but I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing because, again, like, I'm still going to play it. And if I don't play it all the way to completion, like, that's fine. Like, some people that get really into it still can probably do that. Um, so I'll see how I end up feeling about this one because I don't know if it's going to be, like, especially if you grew up with the classic games and if you're looking for that same kind of feel, like, it might feel overwhelming, the um, like, the amount of new stuff that there is to do and just new gameplay mechanics and stuff that they keep, I wouldn't say forcing in there. Because it makes sense that you want to, like, evolve these games and not just let the same formula get stale. But at the same time, there is, like, a charm to just kind of the simplicity of it. Because with the original LEGO Star Wars games, like, they didn't do too much, but there was still a lot to do, you know? And so hearing about just, like, the different, um, you know, the new combat mechanics and the -the over-the-shoulder camera and the different, you know, different attack buttons and combos and all that kind of stuff you can do. Like, part of me is like, man, that sounds really cool and sounds really fun, but part of me feels like, I hope it's not too much and it's not too overwhelming. Um, Because, again, having nine movies to play through and then having, like, open-world hubs and all this stuff to go back to and everything, like, that's going to be a ton of content. Which, on the one hand, like I said, is going to be really good, like... I don't think anybody is going to get bored with this game or run out of stuff to do. But for those of us who like 
completing and playing through everything but you know maybe don't have the time to do like everything if they add a ton of new stuff in um i don't know i hope it doesn't feel like too much or like they're adding stuff in just for the sake of changing it up or being different um that's my only like slight reservation about this but like i said regardless i'm gonna get it i'm at least gonna play through all the stories once um because that's the other the fun of the lego games and especially the ones that are based on movies and you know i know paul you were saying you've only played like the lego marvel superheroes ones um which i've never really gotten into those because i feel like it's not as fun when you just take a bunch of characters and just run around and do stuff and i mean i know they make like story missions and stuff for those but the ones where you're playing along with a beloved movie franchise where you know the story and then you see the cutscenes and you know the stuff that they're acting out and the stuff that they're riffing on with the jokes and stuff um, yeah. and just that charm and that humor of it, um, I think is what makes it really appealing. It's like, that's what hooks you in. And then you get addicted and stay for all the, the puzzles and the collecting and all that stuff that you do afterwards. So, um, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait to see, uh, you know, the new spin that they put on all nine movies. Um, and I will definitely be picking that up whenever it comes out next year. Um, same here. But getting back to the main attraction for this year with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, um, you know, we got the first uh, story trailer for it at uh, Celebration, just showing, you know, the main character and talking about the time period that it's set in and what Cal's journey is going to be like and all that kind of stuff. So it was cool at EA Play to finally be able to see gameplay. Um, We saw... Well, actually, first at the EA Play presentation, we saw like an uncut 14-minute gameplay demo just showing showing them playing through part of a level. Um, And then I think a day or two later, like at the Microsoft presentation for E3, um, we got another like a two-minute gameplay trailer showing a little bit more bits and pieces of other stuff throughout the game. Um, And we'll kind of talk through this. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff packed in here. The first thing that grabbed my attention right off the bat that I was not expecting to see is this demo takes place on uh, Kashyyyk and it starts with uh, Cal and he's just kind of running through the jungle with his droid buddy BD-1 and he's going to meet up with uh, like some rebels that are fighting against the Empire there on Kashyyyk and they're there to kind of help fight, uh, liberate the Wookiees who are now under like Imperial enslavement and he meets up with this group and uh, the first guy that he talks to is Saw Gerrera. And already I was like, whoa, I was not expecting him to be in this game. Um, But, you know, I get like fully like voiced and motion captured by Forrest Whitaker. He looks like he walked right off the screen um, from when we see him in Rebels. Um, So I thought that was really cool and a nice, uh, nice sort of bit of connective tissue with the storytelling um, and the stuff that we already know is going on during this time period. So I think it's going to be really cool to see Saw in there again. And as much as I was excited for this game just as, like, a third-person Jedi action game and to be able to swing a lightsaber again and, you know, cut up stormtroopers and stuff, I'm starting to get really intrigued by the story. Um, And we'll get into that a little bit more with just kind of some of the stuff that they've hinted at. Um, Because obviously, I mean, this wasn't hugely story-heavy. It was just, uh, you know, showing off the gameplay. But also, um, just in some of the interviews and the stuff that they've talked about, it seems like um, just story is going to be a really heavy component of this as well no yeah i mean that was the big surprise that i wasn't expecting just like you and it was cool to see because uh just right off the bat the game looks really really good <laughs> i mean 
the environments of Kashyyyk looked amazing, and then just the character models uh, for Saw Gerrera. Like you said, looks like you just hopped right off the screen from Rogue One and Rebels. So everything about the game is looking good. But, of course, this was being built as a first look at the gameplay for Fallen Order. And um, I got to say, it was something where, and I wasn't expecting it to anyway, but it wasn't something where it is blew me away thinking oh man this is you know gonna revolutionize star wars game it's gonna be a star wars game like we've never played before because i don't think that's gonna be the case it does have you know some similarities to the force and leaves which you know you can't help but have but at the same time too i think it looks very solid combat with the lightsaber looks really smooth and just even the one-on-one battles like yeah with the purge troopers those look like really fun again going back to how amazing it looks <laughs> it looks amazing those trooper armors which you know that I love. It just looked really cool seeing them in action going up against Cal. So the game looks good. It looks like it's going to play smoothly. The combat looks fun. And the Force abilities look like it's going to be tons of fun. And I'm really glad that it's, you know, they're not going the extreme route that Starkiller did with some of his Force abilities mm-hmm. in the Force Unleashed. But these just look like really cool, you know, reasonable Force powers that uh, Jedi Padawan would have of, a Jedi who's not fully trained. So all that looks really cool. And I'm sure the one that everyone thought was the coolest move that they saw in the demo was where you can do slow motion. And you would think, you know, that's just something where you can do slow motion to move around some, you know, pillars or, you know, environments that may, you have to quickly get across somewhere. But when you're using it in your attacks and when you're fighting stormtroopers, um, it can come in handy there too, because there was a really cool moment where he uses a slow motion as a trooper is firing his blaster at him. He slows down time, pulls the stormtrooper with the force, and just casually moves him in front of the blaster <laughs> or the blast that he just fired, but is now moving so slowly and then gets hit by that. I just thought it was a really cool, unique way uh, to use your force abilities and take down an enemy without using your lightsaber. So, but. There's tons of cool lightsaber finishing moves that were showed off in that demo as well. So just from the gameplay aspect, it's something, you know, um, didn't necessarily blow me away, but it still looks very solid. And I think it's going to make for a very fun game when it's all said and done. Yeah. So sorry, my mic was muted. This game is getting it's it's funny because I think if this game would have came out a couple years ago. I think this game would be would be a huge hype around it, um, or there would be a huge hype around it. Excuse me, my English. And the reason why it, I think it would be bigger than it was now is I think Star Wars. I want. I don't want to say oversaturation. That's not. I don't think that's it. That could play a, a small part in this, but I feel this game hasn't got the pop, the attract, the uh, traction. Excuse me, that you would think it would. Because a lot of different things going against it. And I think part of it is the fact that this game, people wanted this game years ago. And they're just kind of now getting it. And I think I think people are just kind of like, okay, we asked for this, we're getting it, and it looks like an updated version of Force Unleashed. And I think that given the time that the developers had, like EA responded to what the fans wanted. Because, you know, because obviously the visceral game had its own controversy going on and everything, and they needed something out that was going to please the fans. And I think that the visceral, the, I'm assuming the visceral game was supposed to be out this time. 
instead of this game, correct? It was supposed to be out last year, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be out like 2018. So, so thinking about this, I think EA has just been has been so behind on everything. I mean, even even look at Battlefront 2 for instance. This is a game that again, I'm not a gamer. I I am only I am rev, rev, relatively new to gaming because of of getting my Xbox One and you know, and getting the Star Wars games and playing with you guys and whatnot and, and talking. You guys are bigger gamers than I am. But just j- judging from the reactions that I see online from from other gamers and other hardcore Star Wars fans and everything that I'm seeing, it just it appears to me this game isn't getting the popularity or the, or the the talk about the hype, if you will, whatever whatever words you want to choose, because I feel it's almost too little too late for this game and that's sad because I think this game looks like a lot of fun again I think this game comes out two years ago this game is just people are raving about this game people are they can't wait for this game and it's a sad because I feel that it's it's working against a number of different things there I think fans are bitter that the visceral game didn't get made I think they're bitter that it took so long to get made I think they're also not being realistic they being the fan base that are disappointed with this aren't being realistic with the fact that what do you expect in a short amount of time that that respawn only had they gave them a short amount of time to give give us a game well and not necessarily they've been working on this for a long time um, I think the same, oh gosh, I want to say it was like 20 E3 of 2016. Um, when they didn't have a new star Wars game coming out that year, they put out like a video just talking about kind of the future of star Wars games. And I think they, that was maybe the first like announcement of battlefront two. And they talked about, they were working on that, but they also said that the team at respawn was working on a game. And they, that was when they showed that shot of like the guys in mocap suits, like fighting with lightsabers. And obviously that was just like an early conceptual thing. Um, but I mean, they've been working on this for a long time. It sounds like, um, and to, but but to address some of your points, Paul, I think I would disagree slightly because I do think, at least from my perspective, from all the channels that I follow and stuff, I think this has been getting a lot of media attention. Um, I mean, heck, even during Microsoft's, uh, E3 conference, this was like one of the first trailers that they've showed, that they showed. But I mean, I've seen a lot of articles about this. Um, like on Twitter and from different gaming sites and stuff like uh, GameInformer.com. This is like their game of the month that they're covering and dropping a lot of exclusive coverage on and stuff like that. So I think it is getting a lot of media coverage. I think it's maybe not getting a ton of hype from the fans because I have seen, um, you know, a lot of people's reactions like after we saw the gameplay footage and stuff and it didn't seem to really blow anybody away. Um, I think a lot of people thought like, oh, okay, that looks cool. Like, good to know we've seen it um but also and i've seen some people that were kind of underwhelmed by it but from my perspective like i think this looks like a game that is going to be a lot more fun to play than it is to watch um because if you pay attention and they've talked a lot about how the combat is strategic um like Mm -hmm. you said tim like it it looks kind of similar to the force unleashed but definitely toned down you're not doing flashy lightsaber combos where you know you do like three strikes in a row and then you do a fourth like overhead strike where your lightsaber's charged up with lightning you're not doing these big charged up cannonball force pushes so i think just watching somebody play it it's not going to completely blow you away but i think having your hands on the controller 
and playing as that character, it's going to feel more like you're actually playing as a Jedi and having to manage your lightsaber attacks and your force power combos and stuff like the way that a Jedi actually would, as opposed to being like a force powered superhero. Um, and so, yeah, while there was nothing in the demo that made me go like, oh, holy crap, that was awesome, or, you know, completely like had me on the edge of my seat or anything, just sort of taking it all in and thinking about like what was actually going on, I'm like, I think I'm actually really going to enjoy this game, despite the fact that my excitement isn't like through the roof just from watching the demo. Um, also, just even the fact that like, um, rather than hitting stormtroopers a bunch of times with your lightsaber before you kill them because i even i went back and watched some like force unleashed gameplay videos to kind of compare and like yeah in the force unleashed you were you know again you'd be swinging your lightsaber and doing these combos and stuff but you'd have to hit a stormtrooper like three or four times to kill him in this game you hit a storm like especially just a basic stormtrooper uh like one hit they're dead which, again, might not look that exciting because you're not getting to do flashy stuff with your lightsaber, but that's realistic. Like, that's what yeah, I want. That's how it should, it should feel. And then when you fight tougher enemies, like they even you were fighting uh, scout troopers that had, like, melee batons, and instead of just hitting them in their body and, like, knocking their health down, instead they're blocking your attacks. And then once you finally break their block, one hit, they're gone. Um, and then... Uh, you know the more difficult enemies were like the purge troopers and they're doing a lot of melee combos and stuff with their staff and then it seems like they could take a couple of hits at least on their armor before you kill them but um i mean it seems like it's going to be a lot more realistic a lot more strategic and you're going to have to like think about how you approach the enemies and not just be you know again just going ballistic with you know overpowered force powers and and lightsaber combos and stuff like that so um Again, I think just that's and that's an intentional choice. Like that's the style of the game. And I've heard some impressions from people that got to play the game hands on who said that like they weren't super impressed with the demo. And then when they got to play it hands on, they enjoyed it a lot more than they thought they would. Um, and they didn't even get to play through like the whole demo that we see, you know, that was part of the presentation. They just got to play like a uh it was basically like a combat simulator where you just fight waves of enemies and it was just for them to be able to test out the combat system. And they basically said like what I said, like it was a lot more fun to play than it was to watch. Um, and I could kind of tell that just from watching the demo. So I'm excited for it. And I know, you know, again, like I said, like it seems like the reactions to it have kind of been like mixed to positive but it didn't like blow anybody away but i think it it seems like the type of game that is going to blow you away over the course of the long story and over the course of the experience rather than in small chunks like this and i think some of that you know negativity or you know lack of buzz for it that you were mentioning paul i think a lot of it has to do with a lot of fans are just wondering how ea is going to mess this up it's that just... too it's like it, nothing in particular is standing out as necessarily bad what they're watching, but EA has such a bad track record <laughs> with Star Wars games in their minds that they're just waiting for them to mess it up somehow, and they're not getting too excited until you know uh, they actually play it for themselves and see that hopefully it's the case where there was nothing wrong with it. So I think a lot of it just comes from a lack of trust with EA and just them as a company where um, people automatically assume the worst about it and aren't getting excited as maybe they would if it was another studio. But uh, I'm sure that plays a, a part of the reasoning as well. But I do understand where you're coming from to where there is excitement for it, but 
maybe not quite as you would expect for a, a new marquee Star Wars game like this. So, um, and another thing too, maybe just because it's um, in E3 and there's a lot of other games that are being showcased at E3 as well, where it can get lost in the shuffle a bit as, among some of the other big titles being shown there. But um, the one thing it has going for it is that a lot of great games are shown at E3 but most of them aren't coming out till 2020. I think this is one of the bigger, if not the big release of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still on track for November 15th. So hopefully that remains the case. Um, but just another thing I wanted to bring up too, not necessarily part of the gameplay footage, but um, after we got that demo on Saturday and you mentioned that game informer article, Kyle, where they just have a big old breakdown of, of that demo and a lot of other gameplay aspects about it that weren't shown that day. And one of them was how Cal's going to be able to take control of an AT-AT on Kashyyyk. And it sounded really cool just reading Game Informer's description. And I sent you guys a text saying, you know, oh, I just wish that was in the gameplay demo because that looks and sounds like a lot of fun. But then we got the actual E3 trailer for the game at Microsoft's press conference. And it begins with that sequence that was mentioned in Game Informer with Cal in, uh, is it BD1 or yeah, BD1, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but yeah. them just emerging from the swamps of Kashyyyk, looking at an AT-AT walker, and then they show glimpses of how you're going to have to make your way up that walker and traverse through it to get inside, take out the troopers, and then start piloting that walker. And that, again, it was just a few seconds, but every aspect they showed of that sequence just looks so cool. It reminded me, as you're making your way up the walker, it reminded me of the boss battles from the PlayStation 2 game, Shadow of the Colossus, where you just like these huge monsters that you have to climb your way up starting from their feet all the way up to their heads and this is a trial in itself just to get up there and i imagine that's going to be the case for trying to get into the AT-AT. but then once you take control of it and you're actually piloting it and just it was just a cool shot of showing it from the cock view cockpit view and you're just blasting away your enemies through the walker it just looks so much fun and i just that's one gameplay aspect that i can't wait to see unfold and get my hands on and control as well because i think that's going to be a really cool experience not only to take over the walker but kind of mix things up a bit when you're controlling it and just you know take a break from the lightsaber combat and controlling some vehicles but that one in particular looked really really cool so can't wait to see more of that and hopefully there's more um, gameplay mechanics like that where not necessarily on a different planet you're controlling a walker every time but you just take control of different vehicles or some environment in the planet or a creature on a planet that you uh, ride on or whatnot just to mix things up a bit which i think could add a lot to the gameplay as well so that got me real excited just seeing the glimpse of how you're going to take control of an AT-AT. it looked really really cool mm-hmm. yeah that definitely was um kind of a highlight of it. i mean like you said just reading about it in that game informer article i was like man i can't wait to see that and then we did see some of it in that trailer um, and this is all like everything that we've seen is just like part of Kashyyyk in the game and mm-hmm. it, like not even like the full Kashyyyk mission. And then there's going to be uh, several different planets in the game. They said they've said about half of them are going to be like established planets that we've already seen before. And then half of them are going to be new locations. So just thinking like what other different types of experiences, like you said, along those lines where it's not maybe controlling a walker, but just um, different cool little uh almost mini games if you will but like different cool experiences to just kind of break up the regular just lightsaber combat and stuff um is going to be really cool to see um i never you know it's funny because i don't 
I've been really careful how I expose myself to the, the like things that I'm really looking forward to as far as like, uh, you know, comic or not comics, but movies or TV shows or even video games at this point. I, I'm not trying, I, I saw the, I saw the gameplay footage, the initial one, the, the E3 15 minute thing. And I almost felt like I watched too much at that point, even though I, it's a small snippet of the whole of the whole game but like the stuff on the on the start on the uh, article i started reading i said you know what you, you, i think you said it to me kyle or one of you one of you guys did and uh i, I started reading it and i went you know what i don't want to read this yet i kind of want to wait so i waited and i'm gonna wait and i think i'm just gonna you know for me like granted we're gonna see trailers we're gonna talk about it and and like i'll, I'll forget about it once i'm playing it to be honest but really i want to be as it like light on this game as possible because I, I do want to enjoy it because I think that what's I can almost foresee it happening is the more people watch the trailers and dive into the story and start looking into it they're going to start figuring out it you know it's it's not going to be a complex story let's be real and it's going to you know people are going to start guessing it they're going to be like that was easy to guess and you know to me it's I'd rather just go into it just kind of hope and again hope it's a good story I hope it's good surprises I think they will um, because, because I do think this is a big, this is a big game for them. I think mm-hmm. that the gameplay and I, like you were saying, Tim and Kyle, yeah, like there's certain people that are excited about that. And I think, I think there's gotten some good reviews, but I don't think, I don't see a buzz around this game at all. Like I don't see people, at least in the circles that I'm circle, you know, that I'm on Twitter and social media. Um, I don't see it. I don't see a buzz about this game. I'm not saying people aren't excited about it, but I don't see people just raving about it. I like, cannot wait to play it. I don't see that. Whereas I felt like that way for Battlefront, more Battlefront 1 than even Battlefront 2 at that point. I think people were kind of bitter about Battlefront 2. But I just don't see it. And that does concern me a little bit for this game. I think this game is going to is going to grow is is going to it's going to it's going to be one of those things where it's going to take a little bit of time to get some momentum. There's going to be the the hardcore fan base, but I think we're going to get it's going to take a, it's a while to build up some momentum for it to get like traction. And I hope it does. But like, like you said, like I think the force unleashed comparisons are there, but I think that as long as those, I think those are valid and fine. Like we all kind of talked about, but as long as that story is original and creative and gives us a different compelling uh, character, than um, star killer, then what we're used to in other games. And um, I forgot his name, the main character's name, as long Cal. as this character was it, Cadal? Cal. Cal, sorry. Uh, I'm really terrible with names, as you guys all probably know. Cal, as long as Cal is complex and it's not something we can predict and we can care about him, I think we're going to forgive the gameplay for the most part because I think the gameplay looks pretty good. And I think even if you, th- you can complain that it looks like Force Unleashed, you can at least respect the fact that it'll be fun to play because I think most people who liked Force Un- or most people liked Force Unleashed. So. I think you go into it, you have fun with it, but as long as, as if the, if Cal can captivate an audience, the, the hardcore Star Wars audience, then I think we'll be okay. But yeah, yeah, and, and, and I think one. I think they're on the right track there. Um, and like I said, like going into this, I felt like a lot of the focus was just on combat, and everybody was talking about, oh, it's a lightsaber action game. Um, but the more we've learned about it, the more it seems like there really is going to be a deep story there. 
Um, and obviously people have made a lot of comparisons between Cal and Kanan and saying like, oh, well, how is his story going to be any different? Like, it seems kind of the same thing. He's a Padawan who didn't finish his training before Order 66, and now he's on the run trying to survive. But I think it is going to be a lot different because um, whereas Kanan was really more i mean at least initially was more focused on just helping the rebellion i mean we know he didn't even want to be a jedi like he was keeping that part hidden really until he met ezra and kind of took it upon himself to train him um and then to kind of continue on carrying the torch as a jedi knight but his focus was on the rebel alliance it wasn't on uh the jedi order and it seems like the main focus of the story from cal's perspective so he meets up with um I mean, the the female character that we've seen in some of, like, the trailers and stuff is named uh, Seer or Siri or something like that. Um, it's C-E-R-E. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But she's going to also be a former Jedi um, who's older, you know, was probably a Jedi Knight or something and kind of takes, uh, takes on a mentor role for Cal. But um, it sounds like she's basically going to approach him with, like, hey, I've got a way that we could potentially restore the Jedi Order. Um, and so for him, it's not even necessarily going to be about, um, you know, joining the rebellion or, uh, you know, trying to take down the empire. I mean, obviously he's going to be working with Saw and that's going to come into it at some point, but he's going to be a focused on, you know, we're going to see him on the run from the inquisitors and the empire and stuff. Um, but then also <clears throat> however this story is going to play out with the two of them trying to restore the Jedi order. And obviously there's a lot of even stuff we haven't seen in trailers yet or anything, but just sort of the a lot of the imagery around the game, just what they've shown in some of the promo images and stuff revolving around like ancient runes and ruins and stuff. And makes me think that we may actually get into like some ancient Jedi mythology and stuff. And I don't know if they're maybe going to find like maybe there was like a, a ancient Jedi sect or something that kind of split off from the main jedi order and they got to go find those guys or i don't know what it's going to entail but <clears throat> i think by the end of the story um i think it's going to take some surprising twists and turns and go into some surprising uncharted territory than you might expect from the beginning premise of just padawan on the run from the empire after order 66 i definitely think that too and another thing that was mentioned in the game informer article where they didn't actually, the developers didn't come out and say it, but it, it was strongly hinted in um, those at Game Informer were saying how Cal, there's more to Cal than meets the eye than just him being a Padawan who survived Order 66. They did say how he is someone who, like, either family history or there's something about him where he can have, there's some significance to him that they're not letting on just yet, which we'll probably find out more throughout the game, which goes into what you were saying, Kyle, about maybe exploring more into that history of the jedi where he's connected to somehow but i think you're absolutely right where there's more than they're giving away right now and rightly so because you want to experience that while you're playing the game but i think it is going to be something story-wise anyway and cal is a character that hopefully won't disappoint but there'll be enough meat to his background and his story as we progress through the game because there's a lot of signs pointing that way where you know by the time we're done playing the game. Hopefully he'll be a character who we remember and has some significance throughout. You know, I don't want to say someone who's has some significant impact over the course of the events of the galaxy, because it's kind of hard to be a character like that in that time period when you know, you're just kind of waiting for Luke to show up and become that hero who changes the course of the galaxy and, you know, helps take down the empire. So 
you kind of have to be careful in this era when you're dealing with you know Jedi characters and what their goals are and what they eventually become leading up to the events of the original trilogy but it would be interesting you know instead of you know going forward kind of like we're wondering what's going to happen with Kanan and Ezra uh, Cal's story harkens backwards to you know I don't want to say the origins of the Jedi but something that connects more to some ancient history um, to the Jedi than what we know before and somehow sets them on a different path um, that will you know have them go a course that doesn't have to fight the Empire but takes them somewhere different I'm not sure what that's going to be, but it just sets them on a different path than maybe what we're necessarily expecting. So it's going to be interesting, but I do definitely agree that um, it is going to be a story that we're not, that is going to take twists and turns and go routes that we're not expecting with the characters. So it should be fun to see unfold as we're playing it. Yeah. And it, obviously it's going to leave some big unanswered questions as far as, you know, if this does go off into sort of uncharted territory, I mean, like, Cal can't succeed in his mission to rebuild the Jedi Order, right? Yeah. So, like, is he just going to get killed off by Vader at the end of the game? Or is he going to end up, you know, somewhere completely different, like Ezra and Ahsoka? Or, um, I don't know. Like, I hope that... Uh, I hope that they can kind of find that right balance, like you were talking about, how you don't want his story to feel like the fate of the galaxy is at stake. Because that falls to Luke Skywalker. And at the same time, you don't want him to feel like an insignificant character who like can't do anything because we know that Luke is supposed to do that later. So like, you know, you got to find that niche of like, how do we keep this realistic within the realm of the movies and not kind of try to live up to that or overshadow that by any means, but also sort of carve out a space for this character to have his own significant story and feel like there are high stakes and that, that it's not just pointless that he can actually accomplish something um, where we don't, you know, already know that he's doomed to fail because he's not Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, there is something, I, I think the whole point of the game is that maybe I think the whole point is that he has this idea, like I can fight this, we can fight the force and that maybe he realizes he can't do it. And he does. And he obviously is going to fail. But what I mean is, that maybe that's the whole game is him failing and him just kind of giving up maybe and saying, you know, I can't do this. It's too hard. And then him having to go back to his normal life and maybe that he just kind of hides being a Jedi. I actually wouldn't mind that. The fact maybe what if he escapes or, you know, obviously the, the, the cliche thing would be to die and fight Darth Vader. Like that's so cliche. Yeah. I don't want that. So I what agree. I would love, is that he does defeat one of the like the like let's say like the seventh or the second so whatever sister inquisitor he's going up against and it's Barisafi, even though <laughs> we have people we have people from story group being like well, everyone just wanted to be Barisafi and you know just stop let us be let us speculate okay Lucasfilm jeez uh, <laughs> it's so frustrated when people like get irritated about speculating like you know what you're in the wrong business if you don't want like people to speculate over people you know I mean like. It's like, heaven forbid, people speculate over the material you put out. Oh, my goodness. You know, I whatever. I just don't even get started. But let's <laughs> That's say, a whole other ranting topic for another yeah, <laughs> day. Seriously. So there's – so you think about it. You've got you've got Barris or, or assume second sister or whatever sister Inquisitor is the main boss of the whole game. You defeat – and what if that – you know, she, you barely defeat her. And the and the Jedi is coming at you, or the Empire is coming at you, and you're just and you're barely gonna escape. And then the end of the game is basically Cal saying to his buddy droid, 
you know, listen, like, he's like, this is impossible. There's no way I can do this by myself. And he's just like, and the empire is too big. And the end of the game is him going off and doing his own thing. And he just, he doesn't care about the fate of the galaxy. I think it'd be kind of controversial, but I kind of like it. Something like that is different. That's not going to be retired to the galaxy. I mean, granted, I like Kanan and I like how the rebels all fit into the greater Canon and how there is, a you know, him and Ezra do have a distinct story of, of Jedi and how, again, they, Dave Filoni found a great way to kill off Kanan, but also send Ezra on his own journey. I kind of like the idea of sending Cal on his own journey that's not affiliated, affiliated with the Empire or the Rebellion, but for one yeah. for himself. Like, you know what? Like, yeah, I used to be a Jedi, but you know what? Or I was a Jedi or a Padawan in training. Now I'm just going to, you know, um, I'm just going to go and live my life. And he lives a life and he gets a, you know, gets a family and then he just does his own thing. And he never... Like he never has to put out his lightsaber or anything like that. Sorry, my dog is bothering bothering me. Um, so um, Bean, stop it. God, sorry. Um, but yeah, so like my whole thing is this: is like I just don't want it to be predictable. And I think you've got mm -hmm. to you've got to give us something that's going to be different, satisfying, which is hard. But I think you can't be too predictable right now. And I think. And I think I like the idea of not having him join the rebellion. I like the idea of him just doing his own thing and saying, you know what? I can't make a difference to this. I'm just one man and I, or I'm not the right man for this job. And if the force calls upon me, I will come back. But until then, I'm going to, you know, retreat and do my own thing. Now, it's not rejecting the force. And, I, and this is where I think you can get cute with it a little bit. You could say. He never rejected being a Jedi. He just said, when the Force calls upon me to step up, I'll step up, which then leaves you to do sequels. So let's say the Force calls him into action over something else that happens, you know, maybe 20 years in the future, where after the return of the Jedi, there's more stuff going Great on, thinking. perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think like it's definitely possible, because obviously with the, the fact that the title is Jedi colon Fallen Order, it definitely leaves open the possibility of doing other games that are Jedi Risen Order or Jedi, you know, something else. Like, I, I think there's definitely, I mean, depending on how this story ends, as long as they don't kill off Cal and then clone him for a sequel. <clears throat> oh, boy. <laughs> um, you Are you going to take him up for two seconds? <laughs> oh, gosh, don't get me started. Um uh, like the the Force Unleashed two was shorter than the freaking Galaxy of Adventures shorts that they put out on YouTube. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, nowhere near as good either. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, and that's not a knock on Galaxy of Adventures. That's quality content. It's just you know bite sized, and the Force Unleashed two is a bite sized video game that should have been a lot more. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I think the door is definitely open for them to do sequels depending on where they leave the story. And I mean, it could be, who knows if it would be like an actual sequel to the story or more just a spiritual successor kind of thing where maybe there's just a series of Jedi games about different Jedi characters in different time periods of star Wars. Um, I would be totally fine with that too. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. And I think, like I said, there's a lot of unanswered questions about the story. I don't want to try to predict now, like, how it's going to end or if there's going to be a sequel or anything like that. Um, but like you were saying, Paul, I think they just have to be, you know, hopefully they can just find a, like, a, a rich and meaty story that can surprise us, uh, unlike the Battlefront 2 campaign. Don't just take the easy way out. Yeah. Um, 
and you know hopefully it's just you know it's a, a deep satisfying experience with a lot of you know twists and surprises um i think it does seem like it's going to be a pretty lengthy story like they haven't said how long it's going to be but just kind of piecing together the different pieces of information that we have um i know the guys that got to do the hands-on uh demo for game informer you know it was like the longer version of the demo than what we saw at ea play where they got to play that walker part in the beginning and so i think he said that whole thing was like you know 20 to 30 minutes and they told him that that was like 15 to 20 percent of just the stuff there is to do on Kashyyyk and then Kashyyyk is just one of several different planets throughout the game I'm going to take a guess right now and say that there's maybe like six planets that's kind of what I'm expecting there might be more though I think there's going to be at least six we also know and this might be slightly spoilery um but Paul you sent this to us where um they released the pre-order bonuses for the game and I'm actually noticing I'm looking on um EA's website for the game right now and it doesn't have all the same info as this uh screenshot that you sent us um so I'm gonna scroll back real quick and find this but just in the pre-order bonuses um where it's a lot of just different customization options and stuff. Again, they've said that, you know, there's not going to be microtransactions in this game. There's not going to be uh, loot boxes or paid DLC or anything like that. But the pre-order edition, it comes with a director's cut behind the scenes video, a digital art book, uh, crimson skin for your ship, which is the Mantis, um, a crimson skin for BD-1, uh, another like a yellow skin for BD-1, um, so you'll, basically you'll be able to customize the look of your ship, the look of your droid, you'll be able to customize Cal's outfit, and then you'll be able to customize your lightsaber hilt and your lightsaber crystal. And so there's an orange lightsaber blade crystal that you can get. And then the two customizable lightsaber appearances, like the, the two uh, hilt appearances that you get as part of this pre-order bonus are called the Maigito campaign hilt and the Umbaran campaign hilt. So I would think that that would strongly suggest that Maigito and Umbara are probably two planets that we'll visit in this game. Um, and Umbara would be amazing. That, oh, <laughs> that you know how much people keep asking for that, like in Battlefront or whatever else. I mean, that's obviously one of the most uh, well-received story arcs from the Clone Wars. So yeah, I think everybody would be excited to go back to Umbara. They um, could even make references to that arc if they wanted to, where... He senses, or he knew about this battle, the you know betrayal of Ponkrell and all that. Heck, maybe Ponkrell's body's there or something. Still, but there's ways for them to make some connections to that arc, which would be really cool to see. Yeah, and so like, so if those actually are planets in the game, which I'm guessing, I mean, why else would there be an Umbaran campaign hilt um, in the game if Umbara is not a part of it? That would mean that we've got Umbara, Maigito, and Kashyyyk as planets that we've seen before. Um, and they've said that the ratio of planets, like known planets versus new planets, is about 50-50. So if we just guess as of right now that those are the three known planets and then we've got three new planets, that right there seems like a pretty lengthy campaign. I mean, if we estimate, let's say on the on the low end that you maybe spend like two hours on each planet, I mean, that's a 12-hour campaign, which is fairly decent for a single player game but you know hopefully you know it might be even around more like 15 to 20 um but they've also talked about the fact that on every planet um and they've taken some inspiration from other games like uh like metroid and zelda and stuff for this like there will be obstacles and areas to reach and stuff that you 
won't be able to get through on your first pass um and that you'll have to come back once you've either upgraded or learned more skills for bd1 because he'll have certain abilities that he can use to interact with environments and solve puzzles and open doorways and stuff like that um or certain force powers that you use to you know whether it's like force pushing stuff out of the way or you know whatever ways you would use the force to um to open up environmental areas and stuff like that so the, i think the game will have a lot of replay replayability in that sense where you can um like even once you're past like the main story mission of a certain planet you can come back to that planet later once you've unlocked more stuff to then access areas that you couldn't access your first time around and find more collectibles and stuff because obviously in addition to um just the pre-order bonuses you'll be able to find stuff throughout the world that'll have you know upgrade parts that you can use to upgrade bd1 and upgrade your lightsaber and all that um and so that sounds really exciting i mean we keep talking about how basically we've just been making comparisons between this game and the force unleashed but if you read like the game informer article and stuff like that um they've compared it to a lot of other different games outside of star wars and looking at just other successful like third person action adventure games and melee combat games um, and they specifically talked about the combat being a lot like Dark Souls, uh, which is another game where you, I haven't played it, but apparently like the combat is very realistic and very punishing and difficult where like if you die, you have to like start the whole game over. Um, but, you know, again, where it relies a lot on like parrying and blocking and striking at the opportune moment, as opposed to just like wailing on your enemy and just slowly, you know, decreasing their health bar. Um, and they've said that this game isn't going to be that difficult because, you know, they want to make it challenging and thoughtful, but at the same time they realize that Star Wars is, um, you know, something that appeals to a wide audience and that there are kids that are going to want to play it and people who are Star Wars fans but not necessarily gamers that just want to experience it for the story. And so, um, you know, they want to challenge you but not make it, like, grueling and super difficult and also they said that there will be different difficulty levels so if you just want to play it on easy mode and have the combat not be that hard and just experience the story and the exploration and stuff um you know that will definitely be an option um but then also uh like i said the fact that they've looked at like metroid games and and zelda games and stuff as far as just like the uh, environmental puzzles and um, having different areas that you can revisit later in the game and unlocking stuff and all that. Um, so it sounds like this is going to be, um, you know, like, like a, a really uh, well fleshed out just sort of adventure game set within the Star Wars universe. And it's not going to be all just, you know, Star Wars flair and flinging your lightsaber around and stuff like that. Um, but it seems like it's going to be a really deep gameplay experience that'll hopefully be paired with a really great Star Wars story. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it has a lot of promise. Yeah, same here. And going back to the planets, we were talking about the possibility of Megiddo and Umbara being two of the three planets, like Kashyyyk, the familiar ones that we've seen before. But I like how they're not necessarily ones we've seen in the movies besides Kashyyyk. I mean... To go in some deep cups from the Clone Wars. Well, Mygito is and in the movie. Sith, yeah, yeah that's where even Kiyadi that's still kind of considered died. a deep cut. I would say if you say the name Mygito to casual fans, they probably won't know mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly what it is. But um, the idea is, you know, it's not Hoth or Endor or Tatooine stuff. You know, the go-to ones that we've seen before in plenty of other Star Wars games. So yeah, um, I do like that idea that they're just they're t- picking familiar fa- uh, planets that you know, diehard fans will know and get excited about. So I really hope that ends up being the case. 
Yeah, and I believe I, I read too that you're going to be able to pick what planet you want to go to from the get-go. Like it's not necessarily a linear-based progression that you go through in the story where you can choose which planet where you ever want to go to first and then experience the story, I guess, um, in different ways than you could. But it'll end up, the narrative will still lead you to the end point, but you can go about it in different ways, which I think would be cool. Well, I think they did also say, like, you will have to unlock certain planets. And so from the, like, right off the bat, um, I don't know if maybe, like, you have to go to, each planet in progression in the story but then like when you go back to your ship you have the option of going to the next planet or maybe if you want to go back and revisit a previous planet you can do that or maybe even or, if the story will maybe require you to like go to one planet and acquire something and bring it back to a different planet um it actually might what it might be it might be something like kingdom hearts where you have two like worlds you can choose from so that you want to go to but you can't like not all of them are unlocked to go to anyone but mm -hmm. there's two that you have to you could choose either one to progress to the story then after you do that then there's you unlock another two and then you could choose one or the other to go to for it so it might be something like that yeah where... it, that could be an option too i i think they did definitely say like you can't go to every planet right off the bat like because they said that some were locked in uh the gameplay demo that they got to do for game informer um which would make sense, because especially if there's a planet that you're going to go to that has, like, ancient Jedi secrets or something, it would seem like that's, you know, kind of the end goal that you're headed to. That's not somewhere yeah. you can go right off the bat. But, um, yeah, either way, I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about is just the fact that it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of content in the game. Like, a lot of planets, a lot to the story, a lot of options for ways that you want to progress through the game um and being able to go back and revisit certain levels and you know find stuff that you couldn't find your first time around and um it seems like it's gonna have I mean, for lack of a better term like it just seems like a fleshed out like video game like it, it seems like gamers are going to be able to get into this too and not just star wars fans it's not just going to be uh you know a star wars experience with you know just kind of basic lightsaber gameplay like it seems like the gameplay and sort of the video game aspects of this have been really well thought out along with the the Star Wars story aspects of it. So um, I think hopefully the combination of those two things is going to make for a really special experience. Yeah, hopefully. Well, we'll find out in November. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and we should probably mention also that they just announced a, uh, a tie-in comic for this from Marvel. Um, That's right. Yeah. And it's going to be, I don't know exactly when it's going to be set, but obviously before Order 66 and probably a good several years, like maybe even back during the time of the Phantom Menace, um, because the Jedi uh, seer, like I was talking about, who ends up becoming Cal's mentor. So this focuses on when she's a Padawan and she and her master um, are off exploring the galaxy. Um, and I'm sure there might be some stuff in that that ties into the game um especially as far as her character and her being the one that approaches cal with this idea of trying to restore the jedi order maybe she's gonna find some stuff in this comic story that then she brings back up and is like hey i was on a mission this one time and we found some other stuff and i think this is worth going back to and looking into that this could maybe be our ticket to restoring the jedi order um but suffice it to say, that is probably one of the few comics that I'll actually uh, jump into right off the bat. 
Um, wow. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Right. I'm not. Stop I'm not making lying. any promises. Look, if the trade paperback is out before the game comes out, then I'll just get that. But if it's not, <laughs> then I might look into getting the it's issues not, digitally it's, or something like that. We'll see. I'm pretty sure it comes out right around the game, so don't count on that. You'll read it like next year, like you always do. Come well, on. Yeah, How about this? How about this, Kyle? I'll give you my digital code that comes with the comic. Then. Well, see, there you go. That would be perfect. <laughs> still won't read it. That will, yes, I will. Won't yes, I will. Yes, I will. Oh, okay. if Tim right. gives me I'll... a code, I'll read it. Fine. We'll put you to the test. <laughs> yeah, we will. All right. There we go. See, I will review but... it on this podcast. It works see, I for me. I give you that my digital code for the first issue of the Phasma comic. I know it took you a while to get to that one. So. <laughs> oh, I see. Hopefully I that won't see. be the case. Yeah. Well. well Hey, did the Phasma comic have anything to do with Jedi mythology? You know that's my uh, that's my bread and butter right there, and that's the thing that well, I've been itching for more of in all this new Star Wars canon. Before we wrap everything up, I, I, I do have to say this: that this coming winter time, it is just there's an embarrassment of riches slash, you know, my wallet's going to be killed. Uh, during this time frame because all that cool stuff you're gonna have the art of books of the fallen order you're gonna get all these comics and everything but not only that rise of skywalker is right there and they're gonna Mm -hmm. have triple force friday right around that time and they're gonna have keep forgetting part of that (laughs) yeah i know and it's so it's just kind of like it's a little i'm not gonna lie i'm a little frustrating but might have to pick we'll and choose. I know I'm probably going to have to, but <laughs> well, I, I, to be honest, I'm probably going to have to. I'm only going to get a few. Th- excuse me, I'm only going to get a few things. I think of um, Force Friday this year because I'll probably ask for a, lo- a lot of the stuff on Christmas. I mean, I usually ask for a lot of stuff on Christmas already, you know, for Star Wars stuff, and I and it always it's always like really fun for me to get all the Star Wars stuff for Christmas, but. It's also extremely frustrating because I'm like, well, I want to get it right now, but I have to wait for Christmas. I'm like, I want to wait. And so it's hard. It's hard. And now I basically think about this, guys. I'm going to want I'll be asking for three art of books for Christmas this year. Rebels, (laughs) Fallen Order and Rise of Skywalker. I'm just like not to mention all the other stuff I'm going to want to get. So I'm just like, eh. So we'll see. It's it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy right now. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. Um, and like you said, it's definitely an embarrassment of riches. I mean, on top of all that stuff that you just mentioned, like the Mandalorian's going to be out. Um, we've still got Clone Wars to look forward to. So um, while it might be a difficult time and you have to make some sacrifices and some choices for people that want to buy everything, for people that just love consuming all the Star Wars content, um, man, this year is going to be one heck of a year for some hopefully really awesome Star Wars stories. Yeah, even if we can't get everything we want, it's always still fun going to looking and hunting for stuff on Force Friday. Now that it's a triple Force Friday, <laughs> hopefully there'll be a lot more stuff to, you know, stumble upon that maybe you weren't planning on getting, but since there's three, you know, stuff there or th- three areas of Star Wars content that they're promoting, you should be able to find something that you really like. So, hopefully that's the case. Oh yeah, definitely. Hopefully I can find a place that's well stocked with Black Series figures. Um, yeah. Because, you know, that's pretty much the only thing I go after. All the books and stuff, I can wait till Christmas for those. 
And um, I really hope a Purge Trooper. If anything from Fallen Order gets released oh, as a Black man. Series figure, it's got to be a Purge Trooper. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're probably going to do one of, like, Cal and BD-1. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably the second sister. But, yeah, you know, those Purge Troopers. I mean, they've been they've been hyping those up quite a bit. I mean, they had uh, some of the, uh, the guys in the Purge Trooper costumes at the panel again this time. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we got those as well. For um, good reason, because they look awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, that for now is pretty much all the scoop on Jedi Fallen Order. Comes out November 15th. I'm sure this is not the last time we'll talk about it before it comes out, um, as we get more trailers and, and info and stuff um, as we get closer to the game releasing. Um, but if you want even more info than the stuff we talked about... Um, you know, definitely, if you haven't seen it yet, go check out that uh, gameplay demo for yourself um, from uh, EA Play. And also check out the stuff on Game Informer because, um, I mean, just that main article, um, you know, it's like their cover story for the month is really long and goes into a lot more detail about the game than what we saw at EA Play. But then also, like I said, they're doing like month-long coverage of it. And they've also, they've already released a couple of like shorter articles about like BD1 and Saw Gerrera's cameo and uh, they just put out a video today with like the gameplay designer talking about the combat um, so you know keep an eye on that for the rest of the month um, if you want to get even more of an inside scoop on Jedi Fallen Order um, but uh, yeah that's pretty much gonna do it for all the stuff we've got to talk about uh, for this episode, and it was fun to be able to do just a video game focused one for once. Um, but yeah. before we wrap up, uh, Tim, I'm sure you've got some tweets and emails and all that kind of stuff for us. Yeah, got a couple of uh, responses on Jedi Fallen Order. We even got a fan theory for The Rise of Skywalker and just some nice comments. So <laughs> I'm going to get to those. First off, on the uh, reaction for Jedi Fallen Order, put a Twitter poll up to gauge the excitement level for it after the new trailer and the gameplay footage came out. So the results for that were um, the choices are more excited for it, less excited for it, same excitement level, and still need to see more. And coming in last at 6% was uh, still need to see more. And then next was less excited for it at 16%. And then at 19% was the same excitement level. And then at 59%, um, people were more excited for it after seeing the gameplay footage and the new trailer for it. And so at least um, for our followers on Twitter, it seems to gotten more people excited. And we got a couple of responses about the game. Uh, first up from Alan L at Labo Chips says, for the first time in a long time, I'm thinking about buying a Star Wars game at launch. And then Dylan Sparks at underscore fives with two Vs. Underscore says, I liked it a lot. It looks a little clunky, but we're still far enough from release for that to get cleaned up. Either way, it's a day one purchase. And then he asked the question, so we have seen Saw. Um, do you think any other characters that we know will show up? And, you know, that's something we didn't go into too much, but I have a hard time believing that Saw is the only familiar character that we're going to see in this game. I think he's just, you know, the first one they're revealing. And I'm sure there's going to be a few surprises of other familiar characters showing up. Um, I agree with what you were saying, Paul. I'm kind of hoping, it's going to sound crazy, that Darth Vader doesn't show up as like the last boss because we've seen that before. Yes. Yeah. And I would kind of be okay if, you know, they don't even take too much from the movies, but if they bring in some Rebels characters into the video game world, that would be awesome. If it's uh, Kanan or Ezra or, well, see, I don't know if 
I'm not sure on the timeline how close it is to yeah, when Rebels was yeah. going, but if it runs into Hera and Kanan, that would be cool. And yeah, yeah. See, I, I think, you know, I think it's supposed to be a few years before Rebels. I'm not sure yeah. exactly the timeline of this, but I get the feeling it's maybe like five to ten years after Revenge of the Sith. Um, I just don't. I I just don't know if the Rebel characters are. I mean, it'd be fun for cameos, like really kick quick cameos like a sob maybe but like i don't know i i think that you could have them but it'd be mostly a hera if you will i don't think it'd be kanan or ezra like i i think it, it I, to me it feels like it takes place very early early revenge of the sith because they're taking apart that um uh, that clone war ship the yeah. mm-hmm. and so i'm forgive me the, i don't remember the name Defender of those ships star but, destroyer yeah yeah, basically the early Star Destroyer prototypes. But I feel like that it's closer to that. So if that's the case, Hera, you could see Hera working for the Rebellion or the, the early starts of the Rebellion. And you also have Saab without his crazy hairdo, obviously. So it's Rebels era, like kind of you know pre uh, him going crazy into a New Hope era, if you will. So I think there's possibilities there to see maybe Hera, but maybe a Mon Mothma. I think that's more likely of a thing you could see. Or um, even a very young Leia, you know, or like in like the hollow news, if you will. So there's a couple things I think you'll see references in Easter eggs, but I don't think you're going to get anything besides that. Well, I think in because I've seen some interviews and stuff where people have asked the developers the same question and they basically all but confirmed it. Like basically said, like, well, we can't say anything, but, you know, considering the time period and the fact that. You know, it's part of the Star Wars canon, and we've already brought Saw in. Like, they kind of hinted at the fact that, like, yeah, he probably won't be the only character that we know um, that we'll see in there. I personally kind of hope we don't really see any of the Ghost crew just because of the timeline. Um, And again, like, as far as Kanan and Ezra and their Jedi training, I kind of want them to be, like, off on their own and not really run into, like, a bunch of other Jedi aside from, like, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. Um, I don't want to find out that like, oh, like five years before the rebels, like Kanan was off on an adventure with some other Jedi too. Um, but at the same time too, I don't want to see Cal go up or somehow have a force connection with Yoda or Obi-Wan. Cause that's another trope that they can easily fall into again, going back to the force unleash <laughs> with that yeah. little Yoda moment on Dagobah. So just, I just hope they stay away from tropes and stuff that maybe would be so easy to do that, you know, they can't resist to do it, but hopefully they'll will resist and go with something different and less wanting to use the more popular Star Wars characters. Well, I think if anything there, I, I don't think the second sister will be the final boss of the game. Um, so we could see Vader at some point, but I also think we could see more Inquisitors. So maybe we'll see the Grand Inquisitor again. There you go. That's a good choice. Um, maybe even, you know, and maybe just some more people within the Empire. Oh, the other thing we didn't mention, too. Um, I think Cal is, he's on Kashyyyk, and I think Saw is trying to free the Wookiees to help him fight against the Empire and basically just disrupt whatever um, operations the Empire is up to on Kashyyyk because it seems like, it seems like this is kind of, you know, well before the days of Rogue One where the Rebellion is starting to come together and it's like Saw is probably one of the only people out here just trying to cause trouble for the Empire as much as he can. Um, But Cal is there because 
whatever Jedi mission he's on, he needs some information from Tarful, who's like the Wookiee general that That's we see right, with yeah. Chewie in Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I think Tarful is being held captive with some other Wookiee slaves. And so um, Saw is trying to help Cal infiltrate this Imperial facility and free the Wookiee so that he can get to Tarful and get the information that he needs. Um, so that right there is another character that we know that we'll see. Um, obviously, I well, I don't think we'll see Chewbacca because he's probably off on... Uh, well, we know he's a slave of the Empire at this point. He could still be on Kashyyyk or he could be off on uh, Mimbon or wherever else. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely think we'll see some more uh, cameos, though, and familiar faces. Hopefully not too many to the point where it feels like, oh, we just got to jam in as many people as possible. Yeah. <clears throat> Battlefront 2 campaign. Cough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hopefully enough to make it. I mean, like I said, I, I love that Saw Gerrera is just kind of like the connective tissue of the stuff in between episodes three and four. I don't mind him popping in in a bunch of stories because it's not like, you know, he's not a really important character like Luke or Han or Obi-Wan or something like that. Um and it makes sense to have him in all these stories that he's been in so far. Um, so hopefully a few more cameo, you know, cameos like that where it just feels like it makes sense for that character to be there. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that he definitely won't be the last one <laughs> that we're going to see be announced for the game. So just a matter of waiting to find out who. But then also on Facebook, we got a message from Paul Gann who has a theory about Palpatine for the Rise of Skywalker he wanted to share. He goes, we already know that the dark side of the Force can live in physical objects. So what if one of the powers Darth Plagueis taught Palpatine was the ability to further that scenario into having the ability to use the dark side in order to possess or inhabit other people's bodies? Based on that idea, what if the through line for the nine movies is that Palpatine has been setting things up for him to steal other people's bodies using the Force powers he's learned from Pl Plagueis? What if he created An Anakin? in order to have the perfect force vessel for him to take over and inhabit, but Anakin had to be filled with the dark side to make him vulnerable for that possession. After Anakin was damaged in his fight with Obi-Wan, Palpatine no longer wanted him as a vessel, so he waited for Luke to become an adult and set things in motion to have Luke brought to him in order to use Luke as his powerful force vessel, only to have Anakin prevent him from doing so. Perhaps Palpatine then decided to possess Snoke on the Death Star as an emergency contingency plan and became wounded as he was escaping the Death Star, leaving him scarred and disfigured. This then would lead him trying to turn Ben Solo to the dark side in order to take his body. However, when Ben keeps being pulled toward the light side, he turns his sights to Rey. Maybe then, Snoke being struck down freed Palpatine to be able to inhabit a new host, resulting in the discovery in The Rise of Skywalker that he's still alive. So It's actually not bad. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not one of the more crazy theories or actually one that could be plausible. It's something we've seen in other movies, you know, of like an evil being trying to gain new power by staying alive, by taking, possessing new bodies, but we haven't seen it in star Wars. And I don't know, I don't know if it's going to go down this way, but it's something that, you know, I could see Palpatine doing or wanting to do over the course of these nine movies. So it is interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, my first instinct is kind of like, Oh, I don't know if that would be like, too weird or mystical for star wars getting into you know like spirits and demon possession and all that kind of stuff but then at the same time i mean we keep seeing like new 
new sides of the force and new abilities like you know the last jedi introduced the whole like force projection thing um like luke did and the mind connection between uh ray and kylo and all that um so i mean i think anything's on the table at this point and that doesn't sound you know too far out of the realm of possibility it's certainly something that's been i think we've seen in the eu um of people being you know possessed by four spirits and stuff like that oh yeah like with uh xr coon i know that was um there was a a series of novels where the spirit of xr coon who was an ancient sith lord came back and possessed one of luke's students and so was basically acting through him um so yeah i don't know as i often say with these things like it's maybe not how i would do it but then you know hearing it on paper is one thing but then seeing the actual execution of it with uh you know jj abrams and his talented crew um they might be able to pull off something like that so yeah who knows yeah and one aspect of this theory that i like not necessarily if it's going to play into you know palpatine just trying to inhabit new bodies but whatever the way palpatine comes back and he survived is that it's through Plagueis. I just think it'd be really cool where he just took Plagueis's knowledge and expanded on it even further or or improved upon it or just some way that he took what he learned from Plagueis and just, you know, fulfilled what Plagueis could not and That's surviving my through all this time. So I just hope somehow, some way Plagueis is involved. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm hoping he for. Survive. Yep. So, yeah, that was cool. Thanks for that, Paul. Uh, we'll see if that ends up playing out on screen. We'll find out in a few more months. But then to wrap it up, we just got a few nice comments um, from our listeners. Uh, first up from Hassan Scarborough on Twitter at Fetmatic. Um, he says, awesome commentaries of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I cannot wait for more. And he goes, by the way, Revenge of the Sith is my second favorite Star Wars film. Hashtag Star Wars on steroids. So <laughs> always good to interact with someone else who loves Revenge of the Sith as much yes. as we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Star Wars on steroids. Yes, someone gets it. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, <laughs> not a baby. I know Fitmatic well. I've talked to him many a times. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, and then also we got an email from Logan Simmons who says, just wanted to drop an email real quick about how much I thoroughly enjoy the show. I listen to the podcast while I work, and not only does the saga continues bring me all the news I want to know about, but it seems the host and I t- and the host and I tend to share similar opinions, especially as someone who places high reverence towards the prequel trilogy. I'll defend bumbling but effective Jar Jar to death. Sometimes other outlets, I think, feel as though they only have time for surface-level Star Wars, the most or the movies and handpicked Clone Wars episodes. But rest assured, I'm always satisfied with Kyle, Tim, and Paul's input on the saga and news associated with it. I've been listening for I think about two years, and I thought it was about time that I, at the very least, send my gratitude towards the hosts and anyone who works on the podcast and website. Sending good vibes and may the force be with you, Logan Ryan Simmons. So, yeah, thank you so much for that, Logan. Uh, appreciate those kind words and just glad you enjoy the show and that we're able to provide you some entertainment at work and uh, shared similar opinions with us on Star Wars. So, really nice to see. So, thank you for that email. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Logan. Um, and as always, thank you to all of you guys who uh, who yes, interact with you. us and send emails. It's been a while since we've gotten a nice email like that. So, really appreciate that. But even those of you that interact with us regularly on on twitter and facebook we always uh you know appreciate hearing from you guys i mean that's what we're here for um without you guys we would just be 
three friends, you know, shooting the breeze and talking about Star Wars, which we enjoy doing regardless. But, you know, the reason that we uh, record it and put it out there is, uh, you know, it's just nice to know that you guys enjoy it and uh, get something out of it and, you know, enjoy hearing hearing our opinions. And I definitely say one thing that we pride ourselves on is we are definitely not surface level Star Wars. Um, <laughs> no. no, we go when a new movie comes out, we will talk for six hours until we are well below the surface. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so thank you again to, to Logan and all the rest of you guys for, um, for supporting us, for listening to the show and, uh, for sending in your thoughts and comments, but that's going to just about do it, uh, for this episode. Um, speaking of commentaries, we still have, we've actually recorded our solo commentary already. Um, just still waiting to put that one out. So that's going to be the next episode out after this. Um, so you guys will have that to look forward to as well. We also still need to talk about the Mandalorian. Um, so I promise we'll get to that sooner than later. I know we keep saying that's, uh, coming up. So, um, definitely got a lot more good Star Wars discussions and stuff to look forward to. Um, but that's going to do it for now. Um, as always, you can find us online at starwarstsc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at starwarstsc and check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash continues. And if you'd like to send us email, you can email us at uh, starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, and of course, as always, be sure to check out thunderquack.com for all the awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Uh, but that's going to do it for now. Uh, we will see you guys next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Rebel!